0: This episode, sponsored by Asylum Comics, located at 212 3rd Street in Marriott, Ohio. Asylum Comics has been your trusted source for comics and comic-related merchandise in the mid-Ohio Valley since 2005. Open Monday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. New comics released every Wednesday. Pull service available upon request.
1: Hi, this is the illustrious Michael K. Easton.
2: My name's Jordan
0: Lowe. I'm Cliff Barnes.
1: I'm Seth. We're back.
0: Yeah.
3: Hope you listen to our big Black Panther review.
0: And again, if this sounds a little funny, it's just new microphones, new equipment. Um We have some USB mics. We have some condenser mics going on here, so...
2: And headphones. And headphones. 75% of us are wearing headphones. Yeah. Figure out which one's
1: not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what else is going on this week? Yes, Dave. You've got something, Michael James Bruin.
1: Michael. Well, let's see. What can I talk about? Oh okay, yeah, don't come
3: up with something. <laughs> something happened to you this week. You didn't get bit by any dogs, did you?
1: That's true. I did not. That's a story.
3: (laughs) You're really well-shaven for Friday night, I was telling you. You're supposed to... You got a real Wednesday look about you.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Well,
1: I wanted to look nice and dapper for you gentlemen.
2: Okay. Okay, that's
1: it. What? Yeah, I do have... New
2: technology does not improve our uh,
1: camaraderie. (laughs) There was one night that I had... Uh, the starter was going out in my vehicle, so I had to uh, <laughs> call my last 10 customers from the road and ask them if they could come out to the truck. And to make matters worse, we have a <laughs> uh, timer on it that after two minutes, it shuts off. So I had to throw back and forth from park to drive while the customer was out there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> grabbing, grabbing their stuff and then jumping back in the vehicle and going back and forth from park to drive so wouldn't shut off because I was an hour away and there was no way I was getting back without a tow if it shut off. Jeez. So that's,
2: I, uh, that's like, you're like a Boy Scout. You're prepared. You're
1: Well, I, I called and that's basically what I was told to do, so that's what I did, but... Now I have a new truck that I'm in love with because when I leave someone's place, I can hit a lock button and it locks all the doors. So there will no, there will never ever be a number two on 676.
3: (laughs) Plenty of number ones. The big jug. So if you go off the road and wreck, nobody will be able to get in to save you, but you could live for weeks.
4: Exactly. What's in there? That's
1: good.
2: Can you get to the back of the truck from the cab?
1: Well, if I'm trapped in it, I'll figure a way out. <laughs> <laughs> but there isn't like a door or something.
2: Yeah. Hmm. let <laughs> <laughs> see so you shimmy your way into the, yeah. into the refrigerated part.
3: All right. As exciting as that was. Yeah. You. Let's do some TV. Go over the door.
4: What the hell is a sticky maple? Run,
3: Barry. Run. That's what I do. I drink.
1: Go get him, Supergirl.
4: Well, what this guy
3: look like, anyways? Oh, he's a little guy, kind of funny looking.
4: Haha. Uh-huh.
3: In what way? Oh, just in a general kind of way. Exterminate,
4: little pig, little pig. Let me in. These violent delights have violent ends.
1: That's what she said. Movie.
3: <laughs> All right, you guys are ridiculous.
4: <laughs> <laughs> just so you know, I'm the
3: one without the headphones, so I can't hear the drop, and they're all bobbing all right. their heads.
0: That's <laughs> your choice, buddy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I'm trying to cue you so you can kind of he- oh, you've heard great. those drops enough times uh, you yeah, know I you
1: should know the order head. of it. Yeah, it's, it's like hustle
3: it's, and flow up in this yacht. It's hilarious. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> everybody, get some of that sweet Rick and Morty Szechuan sauce this week. McDonald's. Is I a did lot not. Of punishment. Yeah. Did they drop it again? Yeah, it's out. It's everywhere. Yeah, I saw pictures Ooh. of it
0: online. And yeah, people going through drive-throughs and I, stuff. I
3: texted, sticky, Nick, icky, icky. texted Nick. He works at McDonald's. Was like, you got some of that Rick and Morty sauce? <laughs> He's like, yeah.
1: It's like, well, bring me all some chicken nuggets. I
3: want to try this out. <laughs>
1: Was it everything that you hoped it to be? It's pretty good. It's the
3: type of sauce I, I like. I always get like a sweet and sour sauce anyway. Mm-hmm. This is just like a sweet soy sauce. You know, I don't remember it. I don't, I don't remember it. when New anybody came out that it was <laughs> anything, but uh, it's, it's, it's all right. Hmm. I liked it.
0: Is it out for a limited time or is this it, a permanent I, I thing? I have
3: no idea. Yeah,
1: okay. I do know all the details. <laughs> wait, till
0: the, uh, wait till the excitement wears off and nobody yeah. cares anymore and it'll yeah. slip away again.
1: I just want to see what Rick and Morty will like. Like, oh, look what we did! What can we they do actually next? Did change the timeline. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't
3: know. What you guys been watching on TV? Had what? Atlanta that yet?
2: Yeah, Atlanta premiered.
3: It's good. Donald Glover's show, second season. And you know, first season was critically acclaimed. He's really the
0: it guy right now, oh, isn't yeah, he? Yeah. Man,
3: no pressure, but. Whew. He's, he's a talented guy. And, um, I, I
2: thought this one was better than any episode from season one, just right out of the gate. It was a lot stronger. I was a little confused. The beginning just kind of dropped you in.
0: Did he wear a cape?
2: Not at any point, no. Now. cape. We had Cat Williams show up. If anyone was going to be in a cape, it would have been Cat Williams. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it kind of reminded me of the, the Louie formula to bring in just a, a kind of big-name guest star into a, one strange little role. And he did a really good job. I've I've never been a huge fan of Cat Williams no, but comedy, but I thought it. he did a really good job as a kind of carmudgeonly older guy. The Alligator Man. Yeah. That
3: was good. So I'm excited about first season of that. I mean second season
0: of that. I messaged you guys tonight uh a couple hours ago. I was watching Superstore and there was uh there were like ogres everywhere. <laughs> so the episode Are
1: we being trolled by ogres? I think
0: they were. <laughs> and uh, Dina was commenting about they were fanboys there for uh, release of a new video game
3: I can't remember
0: the name of it the third one of it and Dina kept commenting on the uh, stench
2: (laughs) (laughs) I missed the beginning and when I turned it on it was when she was spraying the air spray like (laughs) gallons of it
1: I'm sure you've never had to do that before <laughs> uh, better left unsaid.
0: Next time I'm in an asylum, I'm going to look for that secret door, though. I want to find out where it goes.
3: <laughs> yeah, it was good. Oh. Well, uh, hmm, huh, hmm? Hmm? Um, Jordan lied to everybody.
4: Uh, <gasps> I've been found out. What?
3: Yep. Yeah, when he posted one of the previous episodes saying he was never going to talk about Big Brother again, he didn't <laughs> know I was going to bring it up.
2: <laughs> I don't have to talk. <laughs>
3: did did you finish
2: it i barely started yeah <laughs> i watched enough to get a taste of it but i i i, I looked up who won so yeah
3: okay. gosh i came out i remember who <laughs>
2: won <laughs> well that to me was kind of the uh, i am a liar that <laughs> like i don't i don't know that the person who won was the best game player or the the, the strongest competitor it was just kind of she flew under the radar and just kind of happened to get to the end. Is that a, does that happen a lot?
3: Yeah. yeah she was she just was nice
2: in. and got a nice... She was voted as the nice person. Yeah. But,
3: she didn't really float her way, which there's a lot of people are criticize floaters that don't really make a stand or aren't in a real alliance. Well, that's um, what
2: happens when you eat number two on the highway. <laughs> that's right. But
3: she she was in an alliance with Ross. And but if it, she
2: just won like the last challenge and is immune for the last time you're kicked out, then you just kind of t- get yeah, into it. They the, didn't,
3: like I've said before, this isn't the way they normally play it. And the wh- last person to win that challenge was very powerful to who they evicted and things. But... The main thing was what I was complaining about when we talked about before was there was no sequester. So everybody got to see what was going on. And Ross make a bunch of excuses about, you know, why he did what he did and not own his game. And so they were – this is a super – as bitter a jury as I've ever seen. So,
0: <laughs> Wow. They,
3: yeah, so they definitely – uh that bit him. He was the best player. She did – she – was fine. She managed to do basically what he, ride his coattails and everyone got along with mm-hmm. her, so.
0: So who was, actually won? Uh, Marissa Winokur, I think oh, I want to uh, say. Bra- she was Broadway a Broadway actress. Yeah, for oh.
3: hairspray and stuff. She won a mm. Tony in the early 2000s. kind of her climb to frame. She was in, what was her show? Oh, big show recently. Oh, she was on Crashing a couple episodes ago. Oh, okay. Um, just in a bit part, but she's, Anyway, she was nice enough that everybody got along with her, so they, they just, really, they just, it was a vote against him, not for her. But, what I did take from it good was, one, it, it was, it was a hit. Um, yeah, a lot of people watched mm-hmm. it, not that there was anything else on, that's kind of the point, what we're saying here. But she, uh, but what I did like about, they found out this shorter format works. You don't necessarily have to have people in there for three months for this to work. Not, I hope I hope they still do that. that this summer. was one month, three weeks,
0: three, three weeks.
3: weeks. But they, three months in the summer, I still like that with you know civilians. Mm-hmm. But they've had over the years some really good players. and They've been taught. They had an all stars in season seven, and this coming summer is going to be season twenty. So they really do. To have an All Star season again, they have brought people back over the years, but they need to have a bunch of winners play against each other.
2: So, when it's on for three months, is it on, how often is it on? Because this celebrity was on almost every night of the week. Right. This it's only it's on three nights a week.
3: Okay. And and like this, there's also a, uh, if you have the Pop Channel, which you do if you have a Dish. They play every night. Yeah, they, the, they the have, uncensored... Yeah, it's three hours live. Yeah.
1: After dark, yeah. It's
3: it's, <laughs> it's three hours live. I mean, you watch them just sitting around at night talking. Under a
1: blanket,
2: whispering.
3: Yeah. and you know I would Is that buzz. all they're doing under the blanket? Yes.
2: <laughs> and, uh,
3: you know, I I'm, would buzz through some of those episodes, see if somebody was fighting or something, you know, but you can't watch all that, but there's plenty. Of, or, you know, then the people watch the live feeds if you have CBS All Access. You can see everything, but, but my point is that they found out this does work. You can just speed everything up. There's just less time to, um, have people, get people to change their minds once you make a decision who's, who's going. But anyway, this all stars, they found a way. I think they could actually convince some of these millionaire winners or whatever to come back and do a show if they said, we're going to do it in a month. And, you you know, come back, play for a month and actually sequester them because they're not celebrities and play a, you know, an all-star season, which would be really great to see. But you're definitely going to get a Celebrity Big Brother next winter for sure because the ratings were good. And I I think you're going to get someone even bigger than, you know, you're going to get a, a, maybe not D-list, somebody bigger than Omarosa was the biggest person in this yeah, one, if, and she,
2: if this ends up bumping up some of their statuses, then agents around the country will be like, Hey, this, this
3: could work for my guy. And it, it did. It gave them all attention that they weren't mm-hmm. getting. And I wouldn't be surprised if you see, uh, Spicer or the Mooch. Wow. Well, I watched Omarosa. She was little on little Colbert. Colbert. Just shoot oh, the Omarosa me. rehabilitated her image in uh, on just the show. a few weeks. Yeah. 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 She, she showed she's smart. She got to promote this book she's going to come come out with. It did nothing but good for her. Mm-hmm. So everybody's going to want to do that.
0: Yeah, I watched her on Colbert the other night, and um, and he was asking her some fairly serious questions. That was a painful interview. She it, she didn't want to talk yeah, about she, anything serious. Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. I it, can't stand her, but I respect. I, I respect her manipulation of the press <laughs> and, and she manipulated, she manip- manipulated these people well in the house and she, does, you know, she knows how to sell herself.
4: Mm-hmm. But Seth, anyway. Seth, that's
2: that's Seth, Seth, our own Omarosa. That's right. right.
3: <laughs> I, but I think that, uh, overall it was a success. It wasn't what I like. Is this the first time
2: they've had
0: celebrities on there
3: uh, in America? Oh, okay. Well, they had, uh, I think, yeah, real, real e- e qualifying celebrities. They had, um, like, what's her name, Ariana Grande's brother. There's was a YouTube star on there. Uh, Victor Grande. <laughs> Frankie.
2: Oh, Frankie Grande.
3: <laughs> but uh, I mean, yeah, there, there's going to be more. I don't like when they go celebrity, this is just like the celebrity. I'll
1: take a grande <laughs> <de latte. laughs>
3: just like the celebrity apprentice. Once, the problem I'm scared of is once they go to a celebrity format, sometimes they don't go back to the regular.
2: I, I just, I didn't like the games. There wasn't any of the, were those typical sort of games where you have to sit on a seat as long as you can. Uh, <laughs> or you have to climb up and put a well, thing on like a thing. Well, usually
3: like, the, the... The games were
2: boring to me. I, there wasn't anything that was uh, sporting or, or intellectually challenging. Yeah. It was just, oh, I'll hit you with spaghetti sauce. Well, and,
3: usually as far intellectual as they go is to know what has been happening in that game. Who did what on what day. Who, you know, all the things that people could memorize while they're in the house. And yeah, I
2: didn't get the like. Ross was like, "Oh, I know this was day twenty-one. Like he practiced. I guess that was a that's a, a final standard challenge. thing. The, you have to of the know last
3: things you do, and you know, to win the last head of household is to know who what happened on what day. But usually, it's over three yeah. months, so it's much mm-hmm. harder to remember everything. Mm-hmm. Um But yeah, and the wall thing, like you're saying, sit on a seat that's never a seat. That was I was almost like, here, here, Omarosa. Here's a, you have a chance.
2: Yeah, one they had to sit on a seat and one they had to, like, stand on skis being kind of slowly yeah. moved back and forth. Yeah,
3: like, and, yeah, and it was – it required – some things benefit other – like that benefited a male player, you know, because they had arm strength and things. But it's all different. Usually when, on the wall challenge, they're standing there. But they usually are spraying them with stuff and it's really, I can't believe these, a lot of these celebrities did not complain a lot of things they did to them. So mm-hmm. They splattered them with all kinds of disgusting
0: well, things. Well, maybe if what? they were a higher level celebrity right. than what oh, they yeah. had on there.
3: Was
1: there any pig's blood thrown around?
0: That's,
3: that's uh that's that after dark show you're talking about. <laughs> anyway, yep. it was fine. It's not, didn't, didn't throw me any. I, I prefer the regular game. But.
2: Well, Speaking of sequestered celebrities, did anyone check out Waco? Nope. (laughs) No.
1: (laughs) I heard you talking about it.
2: Uh, yeah, the famous, uh, Waco, Texas branch Davidian.
1: Mm -hmm. So I got Michael Uh, Shannon in it. Yes.
2: So it was a six episode series on the, the Paramount network, which used to be Spike. And this is kind of their first big prestige drama, which we talked about Yellowstone coming up soon. Kevin gun Costner, gun. right. So this Waco we had Michael Shannon, uh Taylor Kitsch who played Gambit in the Wolverine movie and was on Friday Night Lights, and Melissa Benoist from Supergirl, and a Culkin, Rory Culkin, I believe. Rory. Rory Culkin. Yeah. So from it, Scott Pilgrim. The right one. That's Kieran. That's Kieran, Kieran Culkin. So it's even on <laughs> lesser Knightling. Culkin. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> it was interesting. It, it might be, as I said it's just six episodes. It might be worth a good binge watch on a weekend. It started out at, at Ruby Ridge, the famous, uh, the, you know, the ATF blunder in Idaho where some people got right. killed in a standoff and it, it started you off there to set up why the ATF was so worried about what was going on there. They didn't want a second black eye Mm -hmm. and it ended up being way worse than Ruby Ridge.
0: Yeah. I just saw an ad today for a upcoming PBS documentary called, I believe Waco and their small commercial was focused on Timothy McVeigh, Mm. the Oklahoma city bomber. And as he had showed up in Waco with all these people, cause it attracted people. And there was this hillside apparently far enough away that, um, with like a telescope, they they had set up and they could see kind of what was happening a little. They could see the building, but he was th- he shows up out of curiosity with all selling bumper stickers and stuff to people. All these
2: crazy people. So Cause this lasted like fifty days. It was on TV. I remember you know, it was on TV every night, live footage. You know, yeah, looking how oh, are they going to come out today or not? And this we're in that <laughs> moment now of the OJ movie and Tanya Harding. We're like, we're reliving all these classic mm-hmm. you know scandals. From the childhood, right? <laughs> yeah. So this, and it did the thing after every episode. It's like for more on the story, go to paramountnetwork.com, and they had like little documentaries like that, hmm. the actual facts behind it. So they put a lot of work into it. It was, uh, you know, high quality actors, a, a decent, a decent. Thing. It drug a little. I was waiting for, you know, get the tanks in there. I, I want to because I want to know what happens, and it, it ended way too soon because I wanted to know more of the aftermath. Yeah, because it just basically ended with the fire. And a lot of deaths, and they're, they're, they show them in a courtroom for maybe two minutes. So I was more curious what happened to all these people afterwards, and we didn't get that. Maybe i got to go to the website to find that out.
0: Check out the PBS doc. Um, but it also it,
2: – it was based on the books. Uh, the guy Colkin played, uh, Thibodeau, wrote a book as a survivor of Waco. And Michael Shannon's character, Gary Nesner, wrote a book. He was the FBI uh, negotiator. And he wrote a book about his time. So both those characters were portrayed as more heroic and like they, they always did the right thing where maybe the ATF is trying to cover something up. Michael Shan's character wasn't going to expose it. So I don't know how true of the story we got. And I didn't realize that it, there was such a cover up that they, they still haven't, the official story is that it was a suicide and they started the fire and wanted to die. But the people who survived said, no, we had no intention of killing ourselves. They started the fire and killed the women and children by the dozens. So it's still up in the air. I didn't realize there was still the controversy around it. So it was interesting, a bit of modern history I hadn't thought much about lately. So.
0: And we don't have any Star Wars news this week, but I want to throw this in real quick. Um The next to the last episode of Rebels, is, Star Wars Rebels has aired, and it, that Star Wars community kind of lost its mind. They've introduced... Time travel into the Star Wars universe is crazy. Um, a lot of people are really against this, so it's they're I'm on board. yeah. I mean, there's I'm a listening. there's a gate and a star You can you, <laughs> yeah, kind, it kind of looks that way. Um It involves like the Loth Wolves from Lothal, which the story right, is course. mainly taking place. <laughs> what
2: <laughs> you say that as of like right? lothal you guys
0: You're know right. you watch this uh, show. Um, but yeah, they kind of use the force to open this world within worlds, and they're able to complain
2: that Princess Leia could scoot eight feet with the force. Yeah, exactly. Time travels.
0: Yeah, now we're it's very timey wimey, wibbly wobbly. (laughs) Um, but they go through this gate into this world within worlds, and Ezra actually goes. Um, is able to see two from two years ago, the point where Ahsoka Tano from who was You know, kind of the breakout stars of the Clone Wars series where she's fighting Darth Vader, her old master, and realizes it's really Anakin. And as before the Jedi Temple crumbles, trapping her inside, he pulls her out into the gate. So Ahsoka lives, but then, uh, spoilers because of Larry... Um, he, she's not able, <laughs> Palpatine shows up and Palpatine is trying to race through the gate. Um, and he's like shooting like fire at her.
4: Wait for me. Yeah. Fire, <laughs> fire, fire.
0: And, uh, they split up and Ezra ends up.
4: Good, good. Hold <laughs> Ezra, the
0: door. Ezra Bridger. <laughs> That's how he says it. Um, but they split up and Ezra ends up back with the survivor's so far what's what are the Survivors of Rebels crew and Ahsoka doesn't. So that was the big Star Wars Rebels news issue this, this week. It's it's pretty cool. I, check it out. That's yeah.
3: I feel like there's too much that I haven't seen that like
0: Yeah, it'd be a really hard jumping on point the next that. to last
3: episode. i really
1: you just I thank Larry. <laughs> yep. Andy you if can just tell me every week <laughs> what happened. I just remember I I Think I watched maybe season one, or yeah. half of it, and was like telling you guys how great it was, and then I that was it. <laughs>
3: and I watched a couple episodes. It's a while back. It just didn't.
0: A lot of people nice. don't like the series because sometimes it feels like they build up and build up and build up, and nothing ever happens. Mm. But
2: I mean, I kind of well, get it. A prequel, you're kind of limited what what you can do. Exactly,
0: you have a endpoint where we know it's going to reach. Um, it's very you know a lot the same way Rogue One was, um, but yeah, a lot of Star Wars fans are like, "Oh, nothing ever happens, nothing ever happens." Clone Wars was better. Well, we we have a very small spot in time that this four seasons is taking place right before a, a Rogue. We're getting into that Rogue One territory. So, anyways,
1: well, I partook and watched Cliff's Favorite show of all time, The Deuce.
0: I thought he was going to say The Office. Yeah.
1: I watched the uh, first episode, and I kind of just want to take a long walk off a short pier. <laughs> that was pretty
4: depressing. Yeah,
0: James Franco, he'll do that. To Double
1: you. your Franco. You gotta. <laughs> and poor Maggie. Whew. that's all I'm going to say. <laughs>
3: It was a, it was a pretty good first season. Does it get better? Days. I mean, it's no. that, it is that type <laughs> is of show. Is it that dreary? It's a dark entire. show. But I thought it was pretty good. Okay. I'm, I'm curious to see the second season.
2: Well, our probably biggest genre show this week was Return of Walking Dead. Oh, true. Did anyone? I watched it. Okay, ratings are way down.
3: That's I. I actually thought they'd be good because I was like, I can't believe I'm watching this. Yeah. Because I don't want to watch the show anymore. But
2: I uh, saw a chart of ratings from the the season premiere and then the second half season premiere from the last like yeah. five years. And the season premiere is always high, and then it drops when the second season starts. And this one was precipitous. It was a huge drop because it's ratings have been going I mean ratings were sky high. It's still a very yeah, highly yeah. rated show, but compared to previous seasons, the ratings are about half what they yeah, were few
0: years I, ago. I gotta admit, I've I've dropped out completely. I was like, just die, Coral.
2: <laughs> An hour and a half for Carl to die, basically, was the whole episode. And get Rick on the right path of being a good better man again.
1: Fighting righteous.
2: I don't even watch the show. <laughs> I just... I To me, that, that, that episode could have worked as the last episode of the half season. If Carl had been bitten in the next to the last episode, and we're all still kind of shocked, what's that mean? What's going on? And then we mourn him, and he's dead, and then, wow, what's going to happen? But we had three months to sit and wait on it, and it became a joke. It became a meme. Oh, Carl, just die already. Like we were all laughing about it. so the, the emotion had been completely drained and i was like get on with it i was i wanted him to die and i like carl and i was just in a hurry to get die, boy, die! <laughs> they, it over with cuz it felt it's, like it's just been stretched they do so not long. know
3: what they're doing with these cliffhangers i mean that show yeah. they do not have any idea how to do that
2: but i think the biggest thing besides him dying the the glimpses of the future we were getting of rick as an old yeah. man with a cane and a white beard we're kind of revealed that was Carl's vision of the future. Oh, good and Lord. And what he wanted to see happen and the, the positive, you know, community coming back and humanity coming back. And we saw Negan in the garden handing Judith like an apple or something. So even Negan can be redeemed in Carl's eyes. So whether that passes on to Rick or not, we'll wait and see. But I mean,
3: it to me it feels like where we thought, you know, when they show originally showed Rick as old last year, thought okay, are they going to do the comic time jump and go to this reality? Yeah, and I feel like this is this means they're not.
2: I, yeah, that seems more just a nod toward it yeah. instead and of and actually heading there.
3: Yeah, oh, absolutely. It's like this happens in the comics. They they go there. This that's what's happening now. Is that future? And so it's like, they're obviously not gonna do that. They It would involve a lot of makeup every episode, even beyond zombies. <laughs> anyway, that was the category we didn't have anything to say about, right? No TV. TV. Yeah, <laughs> nothing. Well,
1: I have more TV. Oh, go! Go! <laughs> do you got, has anyone watched Brock yet?
2: Oh yeah! you was a while ago
1: premiered and ended like a year ago, but yeah, I watched it when it was on. Oh, I'm just now I'll <laughs> <laughs> TV streaming to you. I, I, I thought it was great, yeah. It's awesome. I love I have no it. no idea
3: what this is. What it
2: think? is Hank Hank Azaria from The Simpsons oh, and Amanda yeah, I remember Pete hearing about that. as a disgraced baseball announcer. And he he is basically on all the time. Like even in his everyday conversation, it's like, "Well, we're sitting here at the bar looking at this." Like he does his baseball voice like throughout mm. the whole thing, and he's just a terrible drunk and a and a cynical, and and it's all it, it's very funny.
1: I like it. What's the one FX? Mm,
2: that or IFC? I think maybe it was IFC.
1: Yeah, you're right. Why would
3: I ever be right? <laughs> Let's do some streaming.
1: There's something very important I forgot to tell you. What? Don't cross the streams.
4: Islands
3: in the streams. That is what we are. Cross the streams. Okay. Um. Well, I saw that Netflix is coming out with Lost in Space. April. Oh 13th. yeah, I saw the
0: trailer. It looked really cool.
3: It does. I I love the idea of Parker Posey as the Doctor Smith. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean that's. I
1: can totally get
3: behind that. Yeah, I'm interested. Uh, I watched the first episode of Joel McHale's show on Netflix. I watched the first two episodes of Joel McHale. Somebody
0: was telling me about this. This is a weekly show?
3: I guess, and it's supposed to be, it's basically like the soup.
1: Yeah, it's exactly what I was told. The main
3: difference is the soup is good. <laughs> oh wow! It, because I watched it, one episode, I almost watched a whole first, ep- first episode.
0: is Talk Soup still on? E
1: not that I know. Okay, of, I have but, no idea. But I, it's not a Kardashian, I not, so I assume it
0: yeah, wasn't.
3: I did not like this.
1: It's exact same format. They even have like a special guest that pops in. Like uh-huh. uh, one was Kristen Bell. Uh, it was Kevin Hart, I thought the first that episode. was the first one. Yeah, yeah.
0: but. Like, talk soup was always clips from talk oh, yeah. shows.
3: It, well, it's all clips from everything. It was yeah. reality shows, everything.
1: Yeah, okay, yeah. 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 Clips from Afri- Africa, clips from, it was, <laughs> there was one clip series of, I think it was either, I think it was China or, I don't know, anyway, it was like just showing all their soap opera clips of people getting ran over by cars. <laughs> like,
3: I mean, it was the soup. It just yeah. wasn't. I, I maybe I caught a bad episode, but for the first episode, they should. There was like one funny bit they did. It, he kept talking to people that were on Netflix, yeah. and every time he said Netflix, it was like, boom,
4: boom. You know,
0: <laughs> so the same concept with yeah. crappier writers, more or less. <laughs> Probably, well, yeah.
4: it, it it might it might get Michael better. Michael likes it. Michael uh, it two might <laughs>
0: I watched
3: that movie you guys were talking about when we first met.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: It was fine. Yeah, I hate when they shoehorn something in there that makes that the plot makes no sense. But in order to get from A to C, we have to have a guy go into a convenience store <laughs> and go up to the counter and ask for Advil, Advil, and a Red Bull. Right. At, that's, cause that's where you get that in a gas station slash convenience store. <laughs> you go to the counter and ask for Advil and Red Bull. So like that was really bad.
2: Remind me again what this was?
3: This is the time travel thing where he meets... In a photo booth.
2: Very
0: Groundhog Day. Okay, Adam right. Divine I mean, and... Yeah, it's, it was fine. It was yeah, we talked about it a little whatever. bit. Um, Somebody had, I don't remember who watched the, um, the Dave Dave Kenny, the uh, National Lampoon. It, yeah. You you I yeah, sat down and watched yeah. that. It was pretty good.
4: Yeah,
0: it was good. I actually didn't think Joel McHale as Chevy Chase was all that bad.
4: Yeah, I
1: could see him like if we ever had like something more developed. If we ever need a that. Chevy
0: Chase replacement, yeah. he can step right in.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> oh, reboot vacation.
0: <laughs> oh, um,
2: I, I watched Chris Rock and David Letterman. Like everything we talked about last week. We all rewatch we all all Yeah, we'll to so each other. That would be an entertaining episode of just bring it up three episodes in a row. <laughs> we all just watch it in a series. <laughs>
1: what I watch that you guys? I
0: don't know. Well, he's thinking he, what he really wants to talk about is Voltron season five dropping today. Ugh.
1: I was working today, and it's like Netflix goes.
0: Like they called you on your phone? Yeah. You're that like, in tune to Netflix? Michael's like, click,
2: locking the doors.
1: <laughs> they're like, we got We're blasting you, off. We got what you need. We got that Vulture in season five. I'm like, can I take a break right now? Do I need to keep working? Who are you talking <laughs> to? You're the only one in the truck. Well, there's me, myself, and I. That's three people.
0: I watched the first two episodes. I
1: hate
0: you. Oh,
2: he's and, rubbing
1: it in. Yeah. Yeah. Was it was a really great. Best so
0: Marvel movie Voltron. animated ever.
1: A deli- <laughs> the delicious, sweet animation.
0: No, actually, it was really, I thought it was really, I- I'm a big fan of the series too, as far as animated shows nowadays. It has that nostalgia 80s feel to it and all the episodes. Um, but it's do- done a lot better than the original US run of Voltron was. And the first two episodes are, a little bit surprising.
1: Well, you should spoil them. Yeah. Well, You shouldn't. <laughs> Larry
3: said we can talk about it. Yeah, Larry. Well,
1: Larry, we're not talking about it. <laughs> I watched
3: a movie uh, by Duncan Jones. He did Moon.
1: Which I like a, Moon. Which is a great, it great is.
3: movie. Um, but he did a movie called Mute. What, oh, Paul Rudd. Yeah. What's
0: that? Paul Rudd.
3: Yes, Paul okay. Rudd plays a very interesting character in that. He's he's good in it. He's about the only thing good about it. I mm. I hated this movie. So bad? it's getting mixed reviews. You'll probably love it. Um, I Starting I don't that know.
1: guy from um,
3: the True blood. Yeah, okay. wait We wait. We never know anybody's names anymore.
1: Yeah, either, it's really. like Peter Salzgard or something, or eh, close enough. Salzgard. <laughs> <laughs> Peter, <laughs>
2: Peter Sneesgard. Yeah. Peter, Peter Salzbury. <laughs> yeah.
3: It, I mean, it had some I- interesting things here and there, but
1: all all in all, I it was terrible. Peter
3: Definitely, do not
0: recommend that.
1: I'm sure you guys all watch Stepsisters, right? What's that? Remember the, the Steppen movie?
0: Stephen? Oh, From a couple weeks ago?
3: Nope. I watched on Hulu, they premiered the first three episodes of their new series, The Looming Tower, which is supposed to be pre-9-11, in the late 90s, basically what was going on in the FBI and CIA, um, how they weren't sharing information, basically, a lot of terrorist things, Osama bin Laden leading up to 9-11 and they show like court pr- proceedings after 9-11 trying to figure out where they went wrong. um it's got, uh, Jeff Daniels, Michael Stuhlbarg, who is just great and everything. um Peter Sarsgaard, Alec Baldwin is in it a little bit so far. It, it's, uh, Alex Baldwin, is that what <laughs> you see that today? <laughs> um, but uh it's pretty good. You know, it's not not great, but I'll I'll catch it. it. Three episodes got me interested, and I'll see where it goes. But definitely shines a light on the fact that they, the CIA, CIA and FBI chose to compete a little more than work together. As no surprise, you know.
2: Well, that was heavily implied in the Waco show as well of who's in charge here, who's to blame here, who can tell who what to do. Yeah, it's the, it doesn't give you a lot of faith in your government and how it works.
3: Yeah, as if we had any anymore. Um, Cobra
0: Kai second teaser
3: we saw. Everybody see that? Where Johnny's training? No, he's got he's got his student. He's training. And it's very, he's very, what's the guy's name? Who was it? What was his trainer? John Crease. Yeah. He's, he's got a little crease to him. He's uh <laughs> he's kind of a, a hard ass teaching this kid. And it, the, it just, right at the end, it's so good. There's like, Johnny's in his office and uh, got one of the little sliding windows there and uh, the kid's out there cleaning the window. And he's like, is there any special way you want me to wash <laughs> these windows? And Johnny's like, I don't give a
0: shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was pretty good. That's good.
3: I'm just, oh, I'm so mad I don't have YouTube right now. When this comes out, I don't know. I don't know whether I'm going to break down and watch it, but that, that You so are. But that was, that was pretty great. Um, hey, anybody else watch anything streaming
0: I don't think so.
3: Okay. Dark Tower series is coming to Amazon. It's gonna be, uh, probably based on Wizard and Glass which is the best book, so we'll see how that goes. i no, got no date on that.
1: You guys are reading Justin's comment, aren't
3: you? Yeah, <laughs> Justin
0: I, Lowe.
1: I don't have that kind of time.
0: Yeah, I, I was like, oh, he just listened to the last episode we put up of our top musical moments and commented on our Facebook pa- uh, posting of the episode. And he He didn't
1: did comment. He wrote a paper.
0: Yeah, he did. <laughs> Oh yeah. Like it's two comments combined and it is wordy.
3: <laughs> it is wordy. He's yeah. moving up the moving up the
2: list from Mount Rushmore. What's he saying?
0: I don't think we have the time. Well, like was it
2: positive b- or it's positive. There?
0: Basically he, he just listened to the episode and um
3: something about Mohicans in there? No, he he has a he has a whole
0: new list.
3: Oh my gosh. And
0: yeah.
3: and none of our stuff's on there probably.
0: I don't think so. <laughs>
3: We had some pretty obscure things we were discussing, but hey, it's our list.
0: It is uh, highly detailed.
2: You shut up, Mister. I I can't wait to read it. (laughs) You
0: want to read some of it?
2: He can be the voice. Okay, worked on this all afternoon editorial. He sometimes has free time at his job, so I don't think I repeated any from your lists. And the category of Disney will go with Out There from Hunchback. I See the Light from Tangled and Remember Me from Coco. It's a great song. First you stop me in my tracks when they played on a fireworks thing. And if you can make it through the end of Coco with dry eyes, you're a better man than me. In the world of straight musicals, I don't think that's a thing, we'll go with on Down the Road (laughs) from The Wiz. It's the only song anybody remembers. Suddenly Seymour from Little Shop of Horrors, because how does such a huge voice come out of a squeaky Ellen Green? The last song, including Don't You Forget About Me from Pitch Perfect, when Becca lets Jesse know she likes him, get that fist up. And two from the same author. Blame Canada from the South Park movie, where we learn that Trey can write an honest to goodness Broadway show years before Book of Mormon. And that's all I'm asking for from Cannibal the Musical. Go watch it. It's cheesy and film schooly, but you'll laugh. That was comment number one. Take a breath. Yeah. Comment number two in the non-musical category. Everything is awesome from the Lego movie. Perfectly sets the tone for that character and movie. To be or not to be by the double DMC's Renaissance man. I can never turn this movie off. When DeVito's ragtag group of non-readers bust out a Shakespeare-inspired rap, it's pretty awesome. And so much talent in this movie. Gregory Hines should not be dead. After Dark, Tito and the Tarantulas from Dust Till Dawn. Three words, Salma Hayek, Snake Dance.
3: I almost had that
2: on my list. And absolutely crucial to the plot because it's the end of this song when that movie goes from being a rather conventional crime flick to being something else altogether. Finally, We All Die Young from Rockstar. This is a song that Mark Wahlberg – man, there's a lot of Wahlberg movies on these lists – auditions for Steel Dragon. He whiffs on the beginning of it twice in front of his musical idols, but then he gets his mind right and blows it out of the water. Imagine what it would be like singing to a band song – imagine what it would be like singing a band song to
1: them. I remember that scene. Wow. <laughs>
0: that's heck of a comment.
1: Yeah, that's a pretty good movie, actually. He, he brought it. See, kids, when you comment, we read them. <laughs>
2: Yeah, well, does that bring us to movies? Or are we jumping? Well, one more thing, Streamy, I'm to streaming?
3: say, I'm going to reveal that I watched the series Queer Eye. Do you guys remember the original series?
1: No, you just remind me of something that i was no, watched, but, uh, um,
3: There was the old series Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. How many? Long ago? This is at least a decade uh, ago. Yeah. Wow. Carson Kressley is the only name I remember. remember. He's the one that walked. Oh, uh, there's the guy that was on. Um, so, had some food show on the Food Network. And then, anyway, I don't know. They have a whole new group of guys. And I kept seeing people. Is this an Netflix show also? Yes. I yeah. just told Christy if you watch it, she'd like it. Um, it was, they have a new cast of guys. Five new guys. They're, if you never watched the show, it was a, they find some straight guy who basically is just in a rut. Um doesn't aren't, I, we, aren't we all? <laughs> yeah exactly. I'm, a, I'm, I'm a very gro- well groomed. We're in a groove. <laughs> uh, yeah. but it. But they come in and they 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 each have a specialty. One guy does you know cleans up the hair and stuff. One guy uh, redecorates his where he lives. Somebody you know is just uh, fixes his clothing style and things like that. Anyway. Um, I kept hearing good things about it and I, I was like, I'll check it out. I didn't really watch much of the original series, but I'll, I'll see this. They, it's just so heartwarming. There's like eight episodes on there and they take these guys and, you know, that are really rough around the edges, some of them, but these guys come in and just treat them so well that they, they just, it's just a love fest really is what it is. And I, I just burnt through these episodes. I absolutely enjoyed them. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I just, I can't imagine someone not, you know, getting something out of it. It was just really good. Is it had so much goodness to it. You know, you get just, you fall in love with these guys, just how nice they are and changing, you know, some of the outlooks that these people have. There might, I mean, you know, some rednecky characters that they have to deal with, but they're so, they, Treat them so well that they really bring them around, and and I just I think they're great ambassadors for, you know, their community, and um definitely a few. I like think the
2: original thing, show you. was pretty groundbreaking on probably yeah. about the same time as Will and Grace, like where there wasn't that mm-hmm. much representation. So if you have more of that's good. Yeah.
1: And it was on this day that Seth's Hart grew two times his size.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think this was the only thing you watched this week you actually liked. That's good.
1: Yeah, <laughs> well, good. You're. I don't know where it's gone. Anyway, uh <laughs> streaming my guilty pleasure show that is back on. No, it's not Blood Drive. Um is unreal. Like I love this show. <laughs> There's no reason why I should love this show, but a lifetime it. or Yeah, like it's like on that. Lifetime. Um but they debuted the first episode the other night and this is like season 3. I think so, yeah. And I just love it. It's so good cuz it's it's showing you the supposed just behind the scenes of like The Bachelor and The Bachelorette party, and how they're like so manipulative and like trying to get people to do certain things, and it's just great. Like the last, last season, um someone was going to expose them. They basically cut their brake lines, so they get, so they died. <laughs> wow! I mean, it's I'm, so off the rails. You get more
3: out of it if you watch those shows, type of. You, know, right. you really know how they. Yeah.
1: What they show. Right. It's, it's so good. So good. They should do a show like that about podcasters.
2: (laughs) All the behind the scenes drama and how Mm, we badmouth other podcasts and (laughs) backstab (laughs) each other to get the best stories.
0: Podcast of the MOV. How we like
3: call, (laughs) call and interview the other podcasts and don't tell them and then release (laughs) it as an episode or something. Yeah.
0: Yeah, what was <laughs> up with that oh,
2: this week well, we were talk about that in the comics section <laughs> ok
3: Okay. so what are we doing now how about some movies
0: movies
4: save Martha puny god I'm just a kid from Brooklyn I'm Batman kneel before son. under Roof! set it yourself bitch we're the guardians
2: of the galaxy so what's it gonna be huh Long sullen silence
4: or mean comment. Go on. You got me in a box here. Ha, ha,
3: ha, ha. So Robert Downey Jr. made a tweet this week. On a donut? About a donut. No, he, uh, <laughs> he, he's, he, likes he was tweeting to Marvel. He, he's like <laughs> really excited to see Infinity War. He said, Hey Marvel, uh, can I see it early? And they tweeted back, "Sure, that sounds like a great idea." And then, yeah, you know, this wasn't put on at all. This wasn't a publicity. So <laughs> natural. Anyway, so they are releasing Infinity War a week early, April twenty seventh, and this is crazy. Like,
2: how about that? I, yeah, I didn't read anything about this. So, what? What do we know? Why or what the repercussions? Are? Well, I,
1: I mean, I, I have theory. I would say, was there anything big coming out that weekend? That's no.
2: Marvel's weekend every year. That's
1: free comedy well, I mean, weekend week before, like, by... Neither. Okay. Uh,
3: Nothing that would compete with this at all. It's got, you know, either, doesn't matter what week it comes out, it's gonna make...
0: Well, solo's mm-hmm. at the end of the month, That's correct? The,
3: yeah. They're moving back away from solo and Deadpool. So they just want another week of making...
0: Domination. Being
3: the big boy on the block. Mm-hmm. The only thing I, I, my instant reaction was, this is tradition. I, I texted you guys about it. Uh, you know, the last several years, you know, we've had Free Comic Book Day was when the big Marvel movie came out. So, I don't know what if that even matters. For what? Over matters. a decade now? No, nah, mm-hmm. not quite that long, but... Long, think, it's been several years. Yeah. But d- does that matter, Jordan?
2: It makes my life easier because I always have to hurry up and see. I'm always in heavy preparation for Free Comic Day and I have to make time to go out and see it. Yeah. So.
3: I imagine if you don't, you get spoiled for it that weekend. Because
2: that's everyone wants to talk about it that Saturday for sure.
3: Anyway, it's fine with me. I'm re- I want to see it sooner, and I'm off the weekend before.
2: But now. Michael, you shared the updated list. This shifted everything Disney related for the next how many years? What are we?
1: And oddly enough, I got that from BleedingCool.com. <laughs> yeah, they, well,
3: Marvel released their schedules a bunch of dates for movies you don't even know what they right. are. But
0: they've added a few to it also. Yeah,
1: yeah. So. Right. I think there was six, uh, Marvel movies yet to be titled.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I saw a whole bunch of stuff online about people speculating what, which movies they were going to be, what characters, that type of thing. Yeah. So that's great news.
3: Yeah. I'm excited.
0: Um, speaking of Disney real quick, um, Bob Iger just out of the blue the other day announced for, um, Disneyland Paris. I almost said Euro Disney. Disneyland Paris is difference?
2: what a faux pas that would have been. I know. <laughs> He'd have looked so foolish.
4: We'd have been pointing and laughing
3: at him. Euro Disney.
0: <laughs> Euro Disney was the original name, right. of Disneyland Paris. So, <laughs> no, if go, you didn't know,
3: on. it was originally named that. Now they call it Disneyland Paris. Yes. Why?
0: They just it wasn't a big success. When it opened, I think it It opened in 92 and it didn't go over gangbusters at first and they've done a lot of revamping. Well, Bob Iger has come out and basically announced a huge expansion of lands for Marvel, Star Wars, and Frozen all in that, just in that park. So again, this is just how Disney takes over the world.
3: (laughs) Yeah, we warned you. (laughs) Uh, Josh Josh Whedon, left-back girl. I don't know whether they... Well, are. did you
1: guys see the something about Zack Snyder tweeting about shaving, or there was some kind of... he was making fun of? Yeah, mm-hmm. I saw
2: some
3: headline, but I didn't, <laughs> and didn't read into it. So I don't know what to make of that. Uh, sounds like that movie's on the back burner. Now. I'd say so. But the, but why? He was, he was the only, only one
1: pushing a... it. That's a movie was, that excites me. I would love to He was to supposed see that. to come in and make Justice League s- financially successful and since that did not work, he's out. Cause, cause that's the problem, that is the biggest problem with DC is they can't figure out what they're doing. Like mm-hmm. you got Wonder Woman that's freaking amazing. And then you got the next movie that's not so great, and they're just immediately like, oh, you're fired. Like, they can't figure anything out. I don't know,
3: but I I think it's a great chance to get a lady director to maybe
1: direct Batgirl. Yeah. Yeah, that would make sense.
0: (laughs) Uh, Also, speaking of DC, we had our first real glamps... Glamps? Glamps? Glimpse of Zachary Levi's Shazam costume.
1: I dig it. It looks... More authentically, like towards the original than I expected from what we could see. Yeah, I mean, his glutes were mighty impressive.
0: It's bright. It's big.
1: The, what I was most impressed with from what I saw was it had more of the authentic Captain Marvel cape.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it looked like
2: padded.
1: Seems
0: yeah, very, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh. and it
1: well, it kind of looked a bit like um it reminded me of Meter Man. <laughs> Look <laughs> like Hans and
0: Franz.
4: <laughs> that's more
2: like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, the, the probably the most intelligent comment I read online was somebody said, "Look, Billy Batson is a twelve-year-old boy. This is what a twelve-year-old boy would imagine a superhero to look like."
2: And if that's the tone of it, I'm all for it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. That, cool. that, I, that makes sense. Yeah, we're talking the
0: about like. the big red cheese here. So, that's
1: what I want it to just be like lighthearted and
0: happy like, and fun.
1: Yeah, like, is, yeah. That, is that
3: is that a, is that a superior name to Shazam? The Big Red Cheese. Yes. Oh, that's, yeah,
1: that's a. Uh, that's what Doctor Sylvania calls them, yeah. the Big Red Cheese.
0: Sylvania? Is that right?
1: That's a TV manufacturer.
0: It's a light bulbs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>, obviously, <laughs> the light went off in my head.
2: <laughs> Doctor Savannah
1: or Savannah. Savannah. Yeah. See, you don't even know. Kristen Wiig. Go crawl back in her hole. Yeah, we know. She's going to be the villain in Wonder Woman.
0: <laughs> He's angry about it. What the hell
1: is the matter with you? We don't have all night.
3: <laughs> okay. Moving on, then. <laughs> no.
1: Actually, I was surprised about that announcement. Well, it's not. It's not official sure yet. Yeah. yeah, they just... I would like to see her in a serious role. Like the only thing I can think of that was somewhat close was Skeleton Twins. I think it's mm-hmm. oh yeah, that was a weird one.
4: That
2: well, was I a weird her- movie. I can see that being like oh she's the nerdy uh, what uh Science Cheetah? We're talking yeah. yeah. Barbara. I don't or know something. I could see her being like glasses and a lab coat and like she's kind of, and then she turns in the cheetah and cause of unleashed. Like I could see her doing that sort of role. Yeah
3: that. To, that, yeah, that makes sense. I
2: think she could do it. We'll see. And it would all be special effects anyway. So yeah. if Kelsey Grammer can run around as the Beast, and <laughs> Kristen Wiig could, could be cheated.
3: Uh, they did ha- officially cast now for the Tarantino movie that comes out next August. 19 of 2019,
4: mm-hmm.
3: his ninth movie. Um, it's got a title, if I can find it. Actually, no, it's like something I honestly can't find the title, <laughs> but anyway, it's like a Hollywood story of some some sort. But anyway, he's it's a, a story that takes place in Los Angeles in 1969 at the height of hippie Hollywood. The two lead characters are Rick Dalton, which is the Leonardo DiCaprio role former star of a Western TV series, and his longtime stunt double, Cliff Booth, which will be played by Brad Pitt. Hmm. And both are struggling to make it in Hollywood they don't recognize anymore. But Rick has a very famous next-door neighbor, Sharon Tate. So hmm. it's going to have to be centered around yeah. the Manson murder. So we'd heard some of this, but they have officially cast them. and
0: This being the ninth of his said... 10 movies he's going to do is this just a case of big superstars trying to get in on on a Tarantino movie while they still can well, they've or? Both
3: been, they're both they well known for being a part of his movies Brad Pitt was in uh, Glorious Bast oh okay yeah. Caprio was in Django Unchained I mean they have worked together before they both those are two yeah. amazing performances you know that's my... He's my favorite director. I know the other shoe is going to drop on him. He's already <laughs> always part of controversy um, with all this Weinstein stuff. You know, I'm not... I'm not saying any... You know, I don't know anything. I don't know that anything's going to come out, but... Uh, he's my favorite director. Like, I love all, all his movies, so I hope nothing ever does.
2: Yeah, um, I would hate to see his legacy tainted. Because nobody
0: else does what it, th- nobody else makes films the way he d- he does yeah
3: and also the uh oh was called once upon a time in hollywood um annihilation came out this is the alex garland who did X Machina. This is his second movie. With so. Natalie
1: Portman. Yeah,
3: Natalie Portman, Gina Rod- Rodriguez, Tessa Thompson, Jennifer Jason Lee, Oscar Isaac. This is like a horror sci-fi.
2: I was thinking about going out and seeing that. and then I, good luck I, I, I saw here. some... Oh, was it not playing here? No. I thought it was a big, wide
3: release. Yeah. No. Oh. Because anything good, or, you know, I don't even know... So, if it's, is it playing I, in Athens? Yes, I'm going to mark Okay. Okay. Uh, I, I heard kind
2: of, of mixed reviews, so I wasn't I wasn't yeah, really I checking Showtime. I've
3: heard it's weird, you know. I guess it's weird, and it's got a lot of different. It's, it's
2: being like advertised every commercial break of anything I'm watching. It's not like an indie limited release movie. Yeah. That's weird.
3: No, but they we just can't get anything around here. But they, I don't know. You have to. People don't want to see stuff like this. I guess. All
0: right, They're we've got Black Panther. That
1: uh, might make you think. Yeah,
0: well, Black Panther is playing. In half the theaters right right now, so it's just that they
3: want to make money, so it's not just it's very frustrating to me. But yeah, I'm gonna drive to Athens tomorrow to see it. Mm-hmm. I gotta see it. Uh, you know, I'll make my own decision whether it's good or not. But um anyway, I have high hopes for it. It's like you said; it's got mixed reviews. Some people hate it, and some people are over the moon about it, like how good it is. So I can't wait. While I'm there, the other theater in Athens, uh, the Oscars are this weekend. I'm sure by the time you hear this, it's
0: long gone. Long
3: gone. But the other theater is playing all the shorts, you know, together. So you can just go in, 83 minutes, watch every short. You know, the shorts, the and short anime, the short films that are nominated. Yeah. Okay. So then I basically will have seen everything. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, yeah,
2: because that's cool. Like normally when you watch the Oscars, they're You've had no opportunity to see them. So I'm
3: excited to go do that and Mm -hmm. have that opportunity. So that's my Saturday tomorrow is to go watch some good stuff.
1: My Saturday is going to be spent. Watching Voltron. Celebrating my baby's birthday.
2: (laughs) Happy birthday, Christy. Happy
4: birthday.
3: I gave her a uh, Kashiki card.
2: Ah, Nice. (laughs)
3: It says something about somebody fuzzy and I thought of Michael. So. <laughs>
2: Aww. How many bandoliers are you wearing, Michael?
4: I'm so fluffy. Yep. <laughs> I can't
3: even see the bandoliers.
0: <laughs> Is that a one strapper or two strapper?
2: <laughs> I don't like talking about straps. <laughs> well, we've moved into March. That means I've got a whole nother month of scratching on my poster done. Oh my. Uh,
3: speaking oh, of. what's the graduate? Yeah. Since you had been, had it on there and I saw it on TV. Yeah. I'd seen it before, but I watched it again. It's better than I remembered. Yeah.
2: So I, I watched it when I was his age. Yeah. And I don't think I got everything out of it that I could have. So I, I, I appreciated rewatching yeah, it. So January got nine movies done. This month got twelve. Wow. Oh man. Cause like we're talking leading into the Oscars, uh, several channels have been doing you know, Oscar month and they, like every night is a new, is different Oscar winner. So a lot of these classics have been playing and Dish Network just raised their prices. And as a thanks for being a customer, I've been getting free movie weekends, yeah. HBO one weekend, mm-hmm. stars one weekend, or encore one weekend. So I've had lots of free movie channels for the month before I finally cut Dish Network because they're terrible.
4: <laughs>
2: I'm using the power of <laughs> our <laughs> podcast to rail against Dish Network and their policy. Uh yeah, so twelve movies this month, starting with The Sixth Sense. Not wait, yes. I've done the math now. Okay, that leaves
3: two free months for you to straight up rollerblade. Nice, so, nice. They, so pick your months <laughs> that are warm.
2: They're coming up soon, I'm oh, sure. Oh man, I'm ready. That'd be great. All right, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Yep, just I was Super Bowl Sunday. Got my fix of that after the game. And I think that's the last Disney movie on the list. So, Cliff, you mm. can tune out from these sections from now on. D- does Snow White... Did her
0: voice irritate you?
2: It was so... Yeah. Like, oh, old-timey. Yeah, yeah. That sweet and little oh, yeah. yeah, Yeah.
0: Her singing voice just always kind of grated <laughs> on me a little bit.
2: That movie, I was watching it and, like, confusing it with other movies. Because, you know, she goes to sleep. Like, mm-hmm. Sleeping Beauty. And then there's Maleficent, The Witch... And I'm like, when did she turn into a dragon? Like, right. the movie was almost over. I'm like, she's... Not, when,
4: what? And that's the like, wrong movie. Yeah, yeah, so
2: I was... Very you got the evil the, queen. Yeah, the queen. in Snow so White Maleficent That's not Maleficent. No,
0: that's Sleeping Beauty. Okay, see, so yeah, I got yeah. those
2: all confused. I'm like, how yeah. do these dwarves fight a dragon? I could not remember how that ended. <laughs> but yeah, that that movie I guess the first animated one yeah. feature, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it was very simplistic, like, not a whole lot of story to it, just sort of...
0: Yeah, I think... Of course it's a product of its time and being the first, they focused on more on the artistic side. The music. Um, yeah. The, oh,
2: I I it still looked gorgeous. Like it's very it's very
0: beautiful. Cute, beautifully painted. Nineteen
2: thirty seven.
0: Yeah. Wow. I think this was one of the first things ever to use the um multiplane camera that Disney had invented that opening shot where it let me moves.
2: Had that to my blog. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: that multi-layer shot where you your viewpoint through the camera lens moves into it, and that had never been, mm. been done before. I forget how many millions of drawings it took. Um, several years to produce this film. So,
2: and then I follow that up with Intolerance. From 1916, the first movie on this poster, D.W. Griffith, a three hour silent movie. Oh my god. Ooh. That I found on YouTube for free. <laughs> and it, I, I can't even describe it. It was crazy. It was four, four separate timelines. And it, this is the guy who did Birth of a Nation, which was kind of the, the first big epic film. And this was his follow up to that. And he'd had some acclaim and made some money from that. He's like, we're sinking every penny into this. And it was like – it held the record for decades of the most expensive movie ever made and did not make his money back. He was in debt till the day he died after that and it's only found later years, film buffs and things have have, have uh, Come to appreciate back. it. Yeah. So there was a, a story set in modern times, a story set in like uh, Vichy, France back in like the 1700s, a story set uh, – Biblical times with Jesus and the Pharisees and the story set in ancient Babylon. And the Babylon scenes are ridiculous. The sets, they built this giant wall and gates and there are, there are horses and elephants and, uh, chariot races and fighting, like casts of a thousand crazy costumes. Like it's, I don't know how they did it to this day because there are people like fall off like third story buildings and you see them land. Like I, they probably just killed the guy. (laughs) Because it was not stunt work, and uh, it was crazy. And there's one scene: a guy gets his head chopped off, and the camera does not cut. Because in those old movies, you can see when the camera cuts. Yeah, you can see it's very choppy, and it's like I was like that was either a dump because like a guy attacks and like swings a sword, and the guy dodges and then cuts his head off in one shot. I was like, so that was either like a dummy they made the arm move on, or it was a guy with like hiding his head up into his collar, and he had a fake head. But some way, he was swinging real real steel at somebody. I was like, I don't know how I don't know how many people weren't killed making this movie. Uh, the next one I watched Tootsie, the Dustin Hoffman oh, movie. Man. Rocky. Oh, I heard of that. Which <laughs> I I don't think I'd ever seen the first one. Oh, really? I I would have <clears> sworn <throat> I had, but I turned it on. I'm like, okay, yeah. I, well, I don't remember this part. Like. I just kept the more I watched, I'm like I don't think I've ever watched this entire thing wow. so I know I've seen the sequels multiple times but yeah. Yeah, there's no there's no uh, uh Apollo Creed or uh, Ivan Drago or oh no. Nice. there's no robots or anything but I remember I, I remember those movies very specifically Uh the next one was Grapes of Wrath from 1940 oh, yeah. Henry Fonda John, Yeah that's a great John movie I have seen that adaptation Uh do the right thing Spike Lee Mhm E.T. the Extraterrestrial.
0: Not a fan. What?
1: What is wrong with you? I never was.
0: Song, Nave. I never was.
2: That one I remember watching all the time as a kid, and I haven't rewatched it since, probably. But I was really struck because I kind of take Steven Spielberg for granted. Yeah. He just uh, Steven Spielberg. He's made classics, but like.
1: Now, did you watch the original version, or were they like? It was shotguns, not walkie talkies. Okay. So, yeah. 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 yeah.
2: <laughs> so yeah, the, I was, I was, I really enjoyed it. I was like, this is a great movie. Yeah. I, no one should, uh, that's your clip. You shouldn't <laughs> take Steven Spielberg for granted. He appears on this poster several times, probably as sure. much he's, as Hitchcock. He's amazing. <laughs> mm. Uh, Brokeback Mountain.
3: I, I, I want to go, that's, that should have been best picture that year. I remember seeing that. I think, yeah, uh. One well, like
2: screenplay. What, and what
3: did win that year? Something that shouldn't have.
2: Uh, 2005, I don't
3: remember. Oh, you know.
0: Something non-gayish, I, I assume.
3: I love that movie. Uh, I mean, I really, mm-hmm. those were Heath Ledger and Jake Gyllenhaal give amazing mm-hmm. performances. Um, I just, I think it's great.
2: I remember at the time, not thinking much of it, and thinking, you know, if that had been a straight romance, there was barely any story to it. It was just kind of the gay angle is what made everybody like it. I remember being kind of cynical about it, but on the rewatch, it has way more layers of. It's not just a doomed romance where oh, two star-crossed lovers or whatever. It's he. This guy cannot commit because he he see like he could be killed. He's looking over his shoulder. He can't live his life looking over his shoulder. And the fear was instilled in him as a kid not to be different, and there, that's just that's permeates the whole thing because this because uh, Heath Ledger's character is just so stubborn and you're just like why won't you just be happy? But it's just he's he's so broken that he can't be, and it is heartbreaking. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's good. Crash is boring. oh, Crash is the worst Oscar right. winner that's, ever in that's history. That's why. That's
3: why I always think who what should have won definitely broke back. Oh
2: yes, Ugh. uh, and I watch Annie Hall. Mm-hmm. For the first time since mm-hmm. new allegations or renewed allegations right. about Woody Allen. And I couldn't get into it. I, I've I just, never
3: been a big fan of that. I, I've i liked some of his stuff, but that movie I, I've never got. I've Didn't it, it
0: come out in 77, same year as Star Wars? Yes. Yeah. Cause that's a big, I don't know, picking point for Star Wars fans is Annie Hall won the Oscar that year and yeah. Star Wars came out yeah. and reinvented motion pictures. So.
2: I mean, it's Woody Allen's most famous movie. If you know any scene from a Woody Allen movie, it's probably from that movie. And Diane Keaton's great, but he, there's just some icky things. And knowing more about his personal <laughs> life, like he goes out to Hollywood with one of his buddies, like, ah, oh, there's twin 16 year olds in the back. Like, and it's like, okay, that could have been funny in 1977, but it's not anymore. So that there's just this weird layer over top of it that, right. you know, it's like watching The Cosby Show now. It's like, it would be hard, hard to go back and enjoy that stuff. Right. So. I, I gave it a shot and just mm. meh, and then Rear Window, the Hitchcock oh, movie.
3: That's hanging on my living room wall. Yeah, I love that movie. Just, I mean, it's so, it's just so good. Grace Kelly, Jimmy Stewart. He's. Have you you've seen it, right, Cliff? You've never seen Rear Window.
0: It's no Disturbia. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: no, yeah, it's a great film.
3: Oh, my gosh. I, lo- I love it. He's, he's He's got a broken leg or he's mm-hmm. a photographer and he sets up in his, mm-hmm. in his room and he's just watching out the back his rear window. Yeah, the whole
2: at, movie is one room and, and then you look out over a courtyard and it's just dozens of windows and you just get glimpses into people's lives that he's just voyeuristically watching to pass the time. Yeah, you know,
3: the sad lady, the, uh you know, sitting and waiting for her date or whatever to come to dinner mm-hmm. never does and the... Raymond Burr famously over there yeah. and his sick wife and just the sing, guy, singing guy. It's been too long since I saw it, but I just, I love it. Love it. And the chemistry between him and Grace Kelly is so good. And it's just, I'm, oh, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I, I, I hijacked you.
2: <laughs> but, it, like, there's some, like, very blunt talk of, like, Oh, I bet he cut his, cut her arm off and put it like, it's like, I can't imagine in 1954 that that was, like, I'm sure that was so shocking. This very blunt talk mm. about murder and bloodshed. And it was played very comedically, but yeah, it was, it
1: was excellent. Mm.
2: Um, and then Hurt Locker was my last one, which I'd never seen. For some reason, I just never got around to that one.
3: I've seen it. It was all right.
2: Yeah. It was, I, we haven't had a lot of those modern, you know, Middle East movies and it was, there's very little politics involved. It wasn't, telling a story from one Mm. view or another. It was very just, here's this soldier. And I said, the other thing, I always had the impression Jeremy Renner was the like hot shot bomb no, disposal no, no, guy, yeah. he was he was Tom Cruise and Top Gun. I was like, I don't really want to watch that movie, but that that's not what it was. It's no. his character has a lot more depth and psychological layers of why was he. Anthony Mackie, was. Then, uh, yes, he I is the so. the other guy. I, it's in his been squad. years since I
3: saw it. I, I thought it was fine. It, it was good, like you're saying it now. It's Catherine Bigelow. I meant to ask you because you said that got added to your poster. What was originally on the
2: poster? I can't tell. It's so tiny. My guess is Jurassic Park because it looked like an eyeball. Ah. So, my, so that's that my not guess. on that No, poster? Jurassic Park is not on wow. the Wow. I'm also making a list of movies I think were omitted from the poster or should have found a spot on the poster. We should that, be able to make our own there. poster. Let's, yeah, Kapow, the pop Ooh. cultured poster.
3: Yeah. I'm going to count down my top 100 <laughs> one of these days. So yeah, that We gave just me... did
0: 91 a few yeah, weeks I ago. I'm saying
3: top 100 all time. All
0: time? time? Oh, my lord.
2: That'll be a I think Jordan episode.
1: should do it too. Yeah. And yeah, we could. You guys do that picture. while I'm
0: on vacation, Michael. You you do the
1: <laughs> editing. That ready. <laughs> <laughs> I'll design <laughs> the art. Yeah, I'm Michael's good. got like Photoshop.
2: Yeah. We could make the movie. Put po- we could, we could sell them. Oh my god! Kapow gosh. branded. That sounds like we're a great there, project for you three. <laughs> <laughs> Patreon subscribers get autographed posters. Oh. Coming in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that puts me at twenty-one out of the hundred movies now have been watched. Yeah. I'm at a very that's, good pace, yeah, ready to rollerblading. Two
3: months—that's a ten-month pace. Two months of rollerblading. <laughs> He's gonna be cutting it up for me. <laughs> Get down there to the skate park. You're gonna be riding the bowl.
2: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm riding the bowl. The bowl. The bowl. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but I'm also trying to watch these and not spend any money. Yeah, like not pay to rent why I want something. to know Catch that really how much it cost you. Because I've been writing down Excellent. where I see them. So yeah, you know, Snow White was on Freeform, Intolerance YouTube, you know, Stars Free weekends where I watch Tootsie. So I'm trying to keep track of.
3: We'll put you put that on your blog. Do you put that also? Yeah, because yeah. that will help people
1: watch if mm-hmm. they want to follow I, along. Yeah. Direct TV Now app has a seven day trial.
0: You're all I over that, aren't those,
2: you? I need some of those, uh, email addresses. Yeah. You, you, I think I mean, you that's what I worry about when I, when I get to the <laughs> end. Cause right now it's just, I've turned away some. I'm like, oh, I don't have time to watch that right now. But yeah, we get to October, November, these, you know, and I'm down to 10 or 12 movies left and like they're not on TV. I've got to go find them. You know, oh man, it'll be, yeah. it'll be, it'll be exciting. Got,
3: got a DVR. <laughs> you might be to record something. No, we're going, this is old school. <laughs> these are 1960.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> it's the
3: challenge it's the that thrill is, that's really upping the challenge of, if you came
2: recording that's why i said i had to turn off the super Bowl and flip over to snow white because it was starting oh my at 10 p.m snow white was starting and i and i and that's the other thing i'm watching all i watch every second of the movie even if it's you know et i've seen it 50 times but i still sat from beginning to end and watched the whole thing and and I, I'm trying to watch as unedited as possible. This so, is
3: hilarious because, you know, this is so, like, 30 years ago. Jordan has to, like, wait for commercials
2: to go pee. Yeah. <laughs> well, nobody does that. I appreciate the challenge. It I means it. more when you yeah. have to work for it. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, so I, I'm not going to watch Pulp Fiction on, like, TBS or something where it's all edited and chopped right, up. Yeah. So that's my goal is to, A, not pay any money, and, B, see them all as unedited as possible. Well, if there's
4: just...
3: If, there, if there's anything on there you don't have or something, I might have something. I'll add commercials if you need them. <laughs> Let's do some, uh, what do you say we got left here?
0: Comics? Comics. How well, can you read this? There's no
1: pictures.
4: Well, some people use their imagination.
1: Well, I must hurry back to my comic book store where I dispense the insults rather than absorb them. Happens all the time, read a comic book, okay? <laughs> Jordan. Yeah. Can you explain to me these stupid sideways covers that are coming out of the metal, metal event? The New Age of Heroes yeah. first issues?
2: They uh, do, are, do they
1: combine or is it just one image?
2: They are vertical gatefolds. Because normally if you have a cover that folds out, it's horizontal. Open oh, it up, Cliff. But in these, they oh, you know, wow.
1: folds out. Yeah, they
2: yeah we've got a... Uh, kind of like a centerfold would fold out. These, the front cover folds up and down. So it's a tall, skinny poster, basically. And on the back of each one is an image that connects. So if you collect them all, you'll get the full lineup team shot kind of deal.
1: Yeah, well,
0: Michael's got a issue of the terrific sitting
2: here, so that's what we're looking at.
1: So you have to buy two copies, one to destroy and yeah. one to keep.
2: Well, Terrifics is the one I ordered the most of. That's the one that had the most buzz and the most yeah. people pre-ordered it. So what what was your opinion?
1: Um,
3: What is it?
2: The
0: well, Terrifics? Yeah. This is the new team of Plastic Man, Mr. Terrific, Metamorpho, and Phantom Girl. Or
1: Lady or, yeah. Lady it's Phantom. One of, one of the versions of Phantom Girl. Yeah. Um... It's, here's where the, DC has misstepped already. It's because Metal is not over yet. Oh, and they've already got all that out. The, well, this is like the third or fourth book from that line because there's is Brimstone out. Not yet. We've had Damage, Silencer,
2: Sideways, and now The Terrifics.
1: And it opens up with Michael Holt, which is Mr. Mm-hmm. Terrific. And he's just like, yeah, I just got back from the Dark Multiverse. You shouldn't be messing with that. And I was like, so, and he's got Plastic Man with it with him. And Blame Larry. Plastic Man is a big part of the story of right. Metal. <laughs> well,
2: that's when books are late. Yeah. That happens.
1: It holds everything up. But the first thing I know like I swear to goodness, the first thing I noticed out of this book was, um, instead of uh, what Plastic Man normally has on, he has shorts. He just has black shorts on. Hmm. I was like. That doesn't make any sense like with the rest of his costume. He just has these black shorts on. I'm like, did they think like his previous costume of the Unitard was tear revealing or what? <laughs> uh but in all honesty, the art's really good in it. Um, very well drawn. and the story uh, I felt it was a little light. It could have been a bit meatier. It was it didn't really suck you in. But the premise is is they basically get thrown into the dark multiverse and they're in some kind of galactic-looking creature that's dead. And then, you know, that's the end of issue one.
2: And that's what wakes up Plastic Man Yeah, interacting with the dark person. Which, actually, he's the
1: highlight of the book. Like, his whole, like, it, anyone that gets to draw Plastic Man has to love their job because <laughs> it you can tell immediately that's when the art comes alive it's pretty by the numbers and then you have Plastic Man that totally makes the book but I've always liked Mr. Traffic I like that character I love that version of him Um so I'm curious to see where this goes actually I was going to tell you put it on the poll list for I'll try it out for a little while
0: yeah those shorts do look kind of weird yeah
1: it's just, it just doesn't make any sense he's <laughs> still got the deep V-neck yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Deep
2: V, but let's give
1: him shorts. Well,
2: that leads kind of into a couple of rumors that were circulating this week. Um One was that Jonathan Hickman might be signing back with Marvel. Uh These are both from Bleeding Cool, who are top-notch rumor mongers. But the idea he was – everyone assumed he was uh, going to be writing Legion of Superheroes. But Doomsday Clock has been delayed so long – That Jeff Johns has said there are characters no one can use until Doomsday Clock is over, including the Justice Society, Captain Marvel, and the Legion. So everyone's been waiting on these books, but they can't happen until Doomsday Clock is over. And that is a 12-issue series that has now been moved to bi-monthly, so it's going to be well over a year before we see any of those titles. And the rumor is Hickman didn't want to sit around and wait, and Marvel offered him a multi-book deal, considerable creative control, and being able to get on with it sooner. But uh, Hickman tweeted, "Quote: I haven't signed the deal anywhere. Also, please replace all these pictures of me with skinny Bendis ones. Specifically, talking to Bleeding Cool, who were posting his picture that he must have found unflattering. <laughs> so, nothing official is signed, but that's the rumor at the moment. Now,
1: speaking of Bleeding Cool, I kept seeing all these posts about all these like um, I don't know what it, I don't know what they are, but like." the alternate dimension or these books or it's like a different line of like for young readers like there's a teen titans book before they became teen titans and like there was a whole series of them
2: didn't did i bring that up in a previous episode or did you You might have dc inc and dc zoom yeah the younger young readers line
1: that's just anyone
2: listen to our show Did did we already talk about that
0: I don't remember. No one knows. Some yeah. way,
2: <laughs> someone tell me if we talked about that or not. I don't
1: know what's real and what's remember. on the I don't remember. But I just wonder, like, when... Because it seems like, of late, DC has done a better job and they've finally figured things out, for the most part. But now, they're, it's like they're spreading themselves too thin again. Because I saw, like, you were talking about that black label. Yeah, one. that leads me
2: right to my next rumor, the DC... They called it the R-rated Elseworlds, called Black Label, Uh, that Batman White Knight kind of Elseworld story where the Joker becomes a good guy and Batman's the villain. Um, That's been really well received and sold very well, along with Dark Knight 3 and Nightwing The New Order, which was set in the future where all superheroes are outlawed. So they've had some of these more adult-oriented Elseworld stories be pretty big hits lately. So the rumor is they're going to do a whole line of those and when the trade paperback to White Knight comes out, that's going to launch the imprint and they're saying Kelly Sue DeConnick has a Wonder Woman title ready to go and they expect books with Superman and Batman to show up too that are maybe not R-rated but just more aimed at adults and not tied into continuity. Just can do whatever whatever continuity you want to do as a Elseworlds version.
1: And then there's also they're talking about uh, Del Gamens gets his own line with the Sandman comics. Did you, do you have my notes? Evidently we read the same website. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I read more than one. What do you mean? Are you implying I went to one website and wrote down a bunch of stuff? No. <laughs> Cause I take offense to that.
1: This is what I do in between the things. I thought you were busy. I am. the one who's not busy. I I think I read all... uh, The reason why I think I know this is because I think I read this all last night in between like doing up pages for Soprano. Well,
2: I scooped somebody. I shared on the Asylum page. It was released by Entertainment Weekly exclusive. And I saw it and I was like, I hadn't heard that anywhere. And I shared it and it had a bunch of shares and a bunch of views. And I went on later to AV Club... And it was like an hour after I shared it, A V Club had the article. So I'm like, I scooped a major nice. news article. Yeah, Neil Gaiman, there's a whole new universe of Sandman comics. Uh four different titles coming up. Uh August, we're getting the Sandman Universe. It's a one shot. So it's gonna catch everybody up. Uh, apparently Dream Goes Missing. And it's gonna catch people up what's been going on in the in the dream realm. So it's going to be plotted by Neil Gaiman, but written by the four writers who are writing the monthly books. Uh, Nalo Hopkinson, Cat Howard, Cy Spurrier, and Dan Waters. Uh, and the art is by Bilquis Everly and a cover by Jay Lee. Uh, so the four books, those are the four writers, but uh, artists for the books haven't been announced yet. We're still a little far away from that. But We are getting Lucifer, Uh based on, you know, the, that character spun out of Sandman, had a long run in Vertigo, has his own show on Fox at the moment. So it's him trapped in a small boarding house in a quiet town where no one can ever leave. Um, they're doing the Books of Magic, which was the 1990 miniseries Gaiman did. And this guy's, a Harry Potter Right, it's, guys a, it's a little kid with glasses, learns magic, has a pet owl.
1: It's crazy. Have you ever heard <laughs> of anything it, crazy this, like that? Is this stories of Michael when he was younger? <laughs> owls, so many owls. Yeah. You yeah. were visited by a
2: spiritual owls.
3: First issue of that, I think. I remember reading that back then, and then when Harry Potter came around, I was like, "Wait a minute!"
2: <laughs> yeah. So if you're if you were in the know back then, you were ahead of all the uh, Potterheads out there. Um, we're doing the Dreaming, which is going to follow the supporting characters like Lucian the Librarian and Matthew the Raven as they kind of try to survive in the Dreaming without Dream to tell them what to do. And we get House of Whispers, which was kind of a companion like House of Secrets, House of Mystery. There's a voodoo deity ends up with a, a new house to explore. So we don't really know much about that, but yeah, um, Vertigo's been kind of sputtering lately. They haven't had a big hit for a while and, you know, Neil Gaiman helped build Vertigo. So I'm sure going back to him, I know his quote was about having, he still maintains control. If there's something he doesn't want them to do, they're not going to do it. And no one will do stories about Morpheus anymore. That's his baby. But he said, "There's a lot of toys in the sandbox, and I shouldn't, I shouldn't, you know, hoard them all. So he wants to let everybody play with them."
1: And is the young animal line still doing well?
2: Yeah. Again, it was plagued with delays. Yeah. A, a, a Doom Patrol. There were like four months between issues, and it
1: just all the Which momentum. They have that one out with. Is that out yet? The versus Justice League, the Milkman, or I didn't even order the any. Milk
2: Wars.
0: Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I heard it's like
1: becoming like very well. Received and it just, there was
2: no interest. I had yeah. nobody. Well, I huh. had one guy ask for him, but that I ordered him for a pull list because just I'll get the trade. And those are more like Vertigo books where I sell trade paperbacks of Doom Patrol, but yeah. nobody's buying the issues because they're just come out so. Well, infinitely. that was.
1: I mean, that's like the Cave Carson. Cave uh, Carson. Yeah, Cave Carson has a cyber, the cybernetic eye. Like I got the trade of that instead of the individual issues, and then I see like it's changed to. He now has an interstellar eye.
2: Yeah, all the books are kind of coming out with new number ones and it's, they're doing more of the seasonal approach where they'll just do a main story for like a year and then Which, go back and do a new number one.
1: Just like you're saying, like the Doom Patrol, like I could, I will probably buy the trades over the single issues.
2: Um, we got, uh, new titles from Brian Bendis were just announced. Um, the uh, DC. We asked when we said he was going to DC. We wondered what the Jinx World books. What would happen to them? And we've got an answer. DC is going to be reprinting the entirety of that line. And the first five issues. The first sorry, the first issues of five different titles are already available digitally right now via DC for Powers, Scarlet, United States of Murder, Brilliant, and Takio. So these are his creator-owned books that were published you know marvel he had a separate deal with marvel through the icon line so dc's made a home for those here i don't and get that though you're saying what's the first issue like the first issue of powers like you can read Retro it digitally girl? i'm i'm guessing yeah. like are they
3: gonna start there when they uh,
2: dc will be reprinting the entirety of the jinx world line that that was I, the article
3: yeah that's that doesn't even make sense to me.
2: But like when uh, when Marvel – when he signed exclusively with Marvel, they started reprinting the Power's Trade paperbacks because they were all through Image.
3: But not a single – And Marvel
2: started reprinting the – Okay, print. so
3: they're not reprinting the single issue. Uh, well. As digital, digitally oh, at okay. least.
2: But I'm sure they'll be you know, released in trade. Okay, well.
3: that makes sense. I was just like, why would you reprint single issues? Mm-hmm.
2: Here? Um, so his two new ones, uh, one the first one due in August with Michael Gatos, who is the co-creator of Jessica Jones – it's called Pearl. Pearl is a very special tattoo artist in San Francisco and an accidental assassin whose life is turned upside down when she falls for her counterpart from a rival Yakuza faction.
0: That's a, that sounds like something that would happen to Michael. An accidental assassin.
1: <laughs> I kill him with many corn dogs. <laughs> it's kind of a Romeo and Juliet story, you uh, know, opposites attract. Kind of. Suck on my hot spicy mustard! <laughs>
4: Just let that lay? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) For an uncomfortable amount of time?
2: (laughs) And his second book, uh, also out in the autumn, is David Mack from his famous Daredevil run. uh, The book called Cover. Based on a true story, the the intelligence community figures out that the traveling band of social misfits who make comic books are an exact match for the profiles of candidates recruited for intelligence and counterintelligence gathering. A very well-known comic creator is recruited by the agency to live a double life as a spy. So it's basically a comic creator as James Bond kind of deal.
1: I'm so confused. But anyway. And the kind of the biggest news probably of the week, uh, the Marvel fresh start. Are they, like, cause I've I've seen little things about this, like, are they starting over like, Because I saw a cover um, by uh, Ryan Otney, I think, that did Invincibles doing Amazing Spider-Man. Right. And it looked like back in the 60s, 70s, like, is it? are they going that far back?
2: The first article that came out said, we're ditching the legacy numbering, which if you remember, just within a year, they've gone back and, you know, Spider-Man is issue 794 right now or whatever. And... We're new number one. We're already getting rid of that. So that was the first article. And the second article came out and said, no, no, but, but if you like it, they're going to start doing dual numbering, <laughs> which they did back in the day for a while. Um, oh, that Lord. it'll still be a new number one, but it's really issue eight hundred and something if you want to keep track of it that way. So they're trying to have their cake and eat it too a little bit, but I, I don't know. We put up a poll on Facebook, had some good responses. Um I believe it was 79% the 21% was the final tally of people who didn't like it compared to people who were excited for a new jumping on point so I don't uh, know one once more to the well for Marvel relaunching
1: but my question is cuz you haven't answered it yet are they like rebooting the character like from scratch I don't believe plot wise okay
2: I think it's just new starting points because we're doing Infinity, yeah. which is the next big event, big crossover. So whenever that's over, in the wake of that will be all these new number one titles. And had announced already, Avengers number one by Jason Aaron and Ed McGuinness That comes out May 2nd, the week of Free Comic Book Day. So this is kind of, we're bringing the classics back. Captain America, Thor, Iron Man, you know, the big Marvel trinity there.
1: I saw Thor grew an arm.
2: He's got the, like the golden yeah. golden arm.
1: And a new hammer. It's all so, gold. Yeah. So we don't
2: know. Uh, Jane Foster, we don't know yeah. she, as far as we are now. We don't know if she's still alive or dead or if she's still Thor or not. He's so. got a golden
1: mallet now. <laughs> I think I just woke up, guys. You're welcome. <laughs> Second
2: <Jeez>. win. <laughs> so that team's also going to have Captain Marvel, Black Panther, She-Hulk, Doctor Strange, and Ghost Rider. You sounded excited about that one, Seth. Yeah, what?
3: I feel like you said something in there I didn't know was, it, read them again?
2: Captain Marvel, Black Panther, She-Hulk, Doctor Strange, and Ghost Rider.
3: And Cap.
2: Cap, Iron Man, and Thor, yeah. yeah.
3: That, I was, yeah, I was excited because first off, you got the, the, the main three, and then, uh, which I just liked, I don't like this super expanded team, but the, uh, I like, Hawk, um, She-Hulk, I remember when I first started reading the Avengers, I remember issue. I love the, where they get a new team, the, mm-hmm. those issues. But I remember where they're too,
1: like going over the rosters and like trying yeah, to pick out. I have all people. those issues. Like yeah.
3: I, I, I definitely collect those verse. but they had, when they had, uh, got She-Hulk at one point, they, her and Hawkeye joined at the same time, you know, he'd been in it before, but I just remember that was a, a I liked her as a, yeah. As a, a member, there's some sort of new deal with her though. She's going to be bigger.
2: Uh, it seems more like Savage She Hulk story. Like, she's had her own title it. for a short time, it's never been a big seller. But yeah, Jason Aaron. So, so the ones they've announced so far, uh, we're getting a Venom number one by Donny Cates and Ryan Stegman, Black Panther number one by Tana nehisi Coates and Daniel Acuna. Immortal Hulk number one, so we're bringing back Banner in the pages of Avengers. And the, the the cover art for that one seems really like a like a horror story, like Hulk. cannot kill the Hulk. It almost looks kill like the Hulk basically, they going back
1: to the original nineteen sixties Hulk.
2: Yes, that's not like after the sun goes down, watch out. Like it, yeah. it made it sound like you know those original ones where he turned into the Hulk. And He looks like, <laughs> like a Hulk. rampaging
1: monster yeah. with no soul.
2: That is by Al Ewing and Joe Bennett. Dr. Strange number one by Mark Wade and Jesus Saez. Thor number one by Jason Aaron and Mike Del Mundo. Captain America number one by Tanahasi Coates and Lionel Yu. Amazing Spider-Man, Nick Spencer, and Ryan Otley. And a Captain Marvel, it's called The Life of Captain Marvel. It's kind of retelling her origin by Margaret Stoll and Carlos Pacheco. So a few of those, like Jason Aaron's been on Thor for a long time. But most of these are new writers on, and nehisi Coates has been doing Black Panther for a couple of years. But most of these are new, new creative teams on new characters. So we'll see where we'll see where it ends up. I thought
0: I saw a headline the other day I of up. Peggy Carter uh, yeah. is going to be yeah. Captain America.
1: Uh, it's on the Exiles team.
0: What is that?
1: That's alternate to. Me- well, I don't know which version the Exiles is now, but it originally started out as a. Alternate reality dimensional hopping team that was going from universe to universe doing different things. Yeah,
2: that's about to reboot here, I think, next month. And it, they're introducing a new Valkyrie that looks a lot like Tessa Thompson from the Thor movie. Mm,
1: surprise, So we're, surprise. we're working
2: in an yeah. alternate reality Valkyrie character.
1: And like the original one, they had Blink that was super mm-hmm. popular from the uh, the X-Men run of Armageddon or whatever it was. Uh, but and it had more from the X-Men cartoon. Uh it was it was really good actually. Hmm. He's going to be writing Cap.
3: Yeah. What you said? Yeah. What's uh I feel like I read what the storyline was. It was something
2: It said something along the lines of uh, a new group has come up trying to use Captain America's image for for bad, almost like the alt right using patriotic imagery, and you know the Hydra Cap version. People who still like the Hydra Cap version
1: and the Pepper Frog,
2: tra- right, are trying to tarnish. Oh, and it's about I mean. Cap winning back his uh, legacy or however, mm. his
1: identity. Right, right, right.
2: We'll see. Any other comic? I got one more piece of news before we go. go for I, it. Comic, just one nope. last
1: thing. Has the Cap Frozen and Ice thrown in the future come out?
2: The first issue, and it wasn't as bad as I thought. What
1: do you think?
3: So. I mean, I get it. I don't. I didn't. I, it just seemed like out of the blue to do it. But I get, I get the point of going back to that man out of time. I mean, that's supposed to be that it usually isn't, Um but. It was fine. Yeah. Although I like the twist
2: that I'm going to spoil because Larry gave me the okay. I'll it looks line. like a far-flung post-apocalyptic future, yeah. but at the end, it's like it's 2020. Like it's just barely in the
3: future, yeah, and the world's gone to That was a twist yeah. to, you know, to say, hey, we're <laughs> just barely – we're baby steps This away did not it. take long to
4: collect.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right, my last little bit of news, uh, the Diamond announcing the pull box. Oh yeah, I was System. gonna ask you about this. So uh, our pal Remington, uh, I ju- I had just seen this and he was right on top of it. And he he messaged me and said, "What's your opinion on this?" This is uh, Diamond, the comic book distributors. There there's going to be a cloud-based software application allowing comic shop customers a better way to pre-order. So you can sync up with your local comic store, pre-order stuff online. Have it put directly into your pull box without having to go in and change things, whatever. It's supposed to have, you know, help you manage pre-orders and, and place special orders, keep a wish list, track your purchases so you can go in and see what you have on hold and what's coming out this week and next week and that kind of stuff. So, so
1: you could see like your customer's wish list and you could look at it and say, well, maybe if I had that in the store, they might right,
2: buy it. Right, exactly. So, um, there will be no, no charge to comic shop customers. And it says, uh, fees for retailers uh, will be mm-hmm. announced later. So I got to pay for it. So, that
1: seems fair. Yeah. Not, totally. right. <laughs> as as I don't have
2: to pay for it. Where did I sign up at? So, so uh, asked me what my thoughts were on it. And we started chatting back and forth and just kind of evolved into an interview, which uh, he posted on, you can read over at Dueling Ogres, my, my more detailed thoughts into this. But it is a strange sort of thing that his, his question was, well, if your customers get used to just plugging in numbers and hitting order, isn't the very one slight more step just have it shipped to your house?
3: That's what I was just going to ask. When just you order it online.
2: Uh, yeah. If you're already doing the pointing and the clicking and the putting in your cart, then you got to get in your car and drive to my store.
3: Well, see, that's just it. I wish that uh, you would start driving it up to my house. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um I'm gonna get a truck. With, <laughs> and Deleter in a door two truck. will be all
2: the Marvel comics. Oh man.
1: <laughs> you know, know it's like a, a comic book. Like, and mail. when the
2: Schwann's truck pulls up to your yard, you guys hide, but when the comic truck pulls up, you guys are gonna come running
3: after yeah. <laughs> So do you have any fears about this?
2: I don't know. It's it's a I said my my first reaction was Immediately, like, oh, what's this going to cost me? Because it always, yeah, it always gets pushed back because Diamond's not going to foot the bill, and the customer shouldn't have to foot the bill. So it, yeah, I'm sure. going to have to pay for it. <laughs> and and I'm saying the 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 demographics is skewing older. Where not all my customers are online all the time. If you're still buying print comics and not digital comics, you're you're maybe not hugely you know into that digital world. But yeah, I can see this being, you're kind of training your customers to do everything online, and at some point it's going to, the lightning bolt's going to go off of like, you know, I go to this website and they'll just ship them to me. At probably like at a guy, discount.
3: You're like that guy at the grocery store that stands there and watches everybody use the automated <laughs> checkout thing. Uh,
2: yeah, I'm a dinosaur. It's, I don't know what. <laughs> pretty soon I, we yeah, pull <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'm going to know how to weigh my vegetables here pretty soon.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know what that means. I mean, it's nice because pre-ordering is such a hassle. And this leads into, I had a deep thought before this diamond thing ever came out. I'll bet you don't have the deep thought drop.
0: I don't. I'm not ready.
2: All right. We got to get this mixer worked out. But <laughs> yeah, so I had this written down a long time ago as something to talk about. And it's it's crazy this came around. I'm sure we don't have a ton of time to get into it. But I, I is there another way to market comics outside of the fan streams? Hmm. Because right now, okay, a new comic comes out. What happens? The creators all tweet about it. The publishers put out a press release, the review websites put out review pages, and that's it. And those all go to the same audience that's already reading comics. So this pull service is the same thing. Nothing about it gets new customers. It might make older customers' lives a little easier, yeah, but it's not branching out. So I just, what are we doing wrong? Because I've heard a lot of people complain that when a when a book is not doing well. They're like, oh, nobody pre-ordered it. You guys got to get out and pre-order. You're putting all the effort into the reader's hands that you have to get out and you have to pre-order and you've got to know all this stuff. And it's your fault if a book doesn't succeed. I think it's, somebody else has to share some of the blame because we're not, you're not going out there and marketing stuff beyond your core customers. How do you build a brand? We have billion dollar movies and those people aren't all coming to buying comics. So, I'm sure off the top of your head you can't reinvent the system. I mean, you know,
0: you see, if, on YouTube you see all kinds of comic review, comic spoilers and all this stuff, but that's YouTube. I don't, when's the last time you saw an advertisement for a book on television?
1: Um Sci-Fi so Network watching Happy, the DC comics.
0: But okay. again, that's very uh, centralized. Uh, I don't see it, you know, I'm not watching Modern Family and all of a sudden, uh, Aquaman ad, you know, jumps out at me. And but they someone goes
3: door to door. They could do advertising on YouTube videos or something. Yeah. That would be, yeah. you know, when you, because I'm trying Outside to. Outside
0: of about, what they're already talking about. Obviously, yeah. Honestly,
3: where else are you a captive audience to a commercial besides at Jordan's house? Yeah. I mean, you, everybody mm-hmm. else is fast forwarding to that right. stuff or it automatically skips it now for you. you know, So why? YouTube is one of the only places that you actually have to watch an ad occasionally.
0: Yeah, because I mean, it's weird because like we talk about Walking Dead. You remember when Walking Dead, the television show came out and all the books you sold of Walking Dead. But with all these other superhero shows out now today on ABC, on the CW, on Fox, is it really selling any books?
2: No, I have not sold a single extra Black Panther. I have a nice display up of all the Black Panther books and... The biggest movie in the country, record breaking movie is not moving books.
4: Yeah.
1: And how many people out there that I know that I've run into, several people that go, they still make comic books?
2: I had an older guy in today, like, wow, or not, or this week, was like, wow, surprising these are still around. Like, I get people occasionally that just kind of marvel and like, wow, well there's so many of them. Cause it didn't, they're not exposed to it. And you're like, I still watch commercials. And well, the guy made a big bang theory joke. It was like, oh, Sheldon been around. Ah! I I immediately know to just like, okay, grin and fake smile. Grab the the broom. Get out of my store. (laughs) But I still remember so clearly, um, Kevin Smith was on the Tonight Show when Jay Leno was doing it. And just, he was on that show a lot, and he just came on like, hey, what's going on? what are you And, uh, at the end, Jay Leno <laughs> held bet? up,
4: that was my Jay Leno impression. <laughs> uh,
2: Jay Leno held up a Green Arrow comic. And he was like, uh, in stores, in stores now, uh, Kevin Smith's working on Green Arrow. Nice to see you, Kevin, and we'll be back after this. Like, he was not there to promote a movie. I was like, holy crap, he used a celebrity, and he's, he, Jay Leno held up a Green Arrow comic that blew my mind. I was like, how, how, why is Stan Lee not go on these shows. And why, you know, the comics, you know, Seth Myers has finally started doing that because he's such he a fanboy. Yeah. So Grant Morrison has been on, uh, Sana Aminat, the co-creator of Ms. Marvel was on, there's been several, B- Bendis has been on, Matt Fraction was on, like, cause Seth's a nerd and he likes that. But why are, why yeah. do these companies not send these people out there to talk to people? You know, Grant Morrison's a charming guy who could tell stories all day, like, I don't, there, there needs very to be weird amb- ones. <laughs> ambassadors to this stuff. I don't, I don't know.
3: Yeah, that's, that's true. I don't, it doesn't seem like, I'm sure there's something we don't know about how it all works or what kind of, how much, how it's too expensive, cost prohibitive to have these advertisements. They, they can advertise on, you know, Hulu, any, anything that has
0: Yeah, but they, on. they definitely need a, a, uh, celebrity or at least somebody very charismatic to go on, to come on to, the, these shows like you're talking about, I mean, it can't just be anybody, you know, that works in the industry. It's got to be somebody that has that personality that catches people, not just talking about comics, but, you know, just draws people in. I mean,
3: clearly they're using this advertisement money To promote the movies, right? Oh yeah, they have no
0: it. It's everywhere, yeah.
1: But even like on Disney XD with all the Marvel cartoons Mm -hmm. on there, why don't they have a commercial saying, "Get the books at your local comic book shop"? Because that's selling selling their own property.
2: I mean, yeah. If they're not, I don't think we're ever bringing back newsstand distribution to any kind of big level. You're not going to walk into convenience stores and Walmart and see tons of comics. So. Like, they're not going to be right in your face. You're going to have to go looking for them or go find them digitally.
1: Right now, you're seeing vinyl pop up again. Like, I was at Walmart and I saw vinyl records and Mm -hmm. seeing – like, I know it's a very – it's a certain audience, but it's weird how, like – who would have thought you'd be seeing vinyl records again? Yeah, I, I, mean, again.
3: I, I have a small vinyl collection, but I, I did see Joe Hill, you know, it's kind of comics. He had lock and key, but he's his next book, Dark Carousel, he's releasing on vinyl, read by Nate Cordry. And he even had a, a certain musician, I can't remember his name, record a cover of Wild Horses as part of the story. Hmm. and It'll be on there and just like a neat gimmick. Hmm. There's you know a limited number and things like that, but I could see like comics making a retro comeback if they could market it just correctly.
2: Well, I mean they're they're in more bookstores nowadays. They're more visible than they've ever been, and you know, I think the young people
0: recognize the characters you know from the movies or television shows, whatever.
2: But you just got to get that book and, in there, yeah. End. And graphic novel sales to kids and tweens have skyrocketed but they're not buying superhero stuff Mm. they're buying you know the slice of life the comedic stuff or manga like you know book fairs and libraries they 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 run circles around the direct market as far as sales to young readers and yeah we've done a terrible job of getting these characters in front of kids faces and it's hard to just jump in when you're 18 or 20 years old and be like, "I think I want to read Aquaman." Like, yeah. it's 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 rare no that that happens. That. It, it has <laughs> happened before. But. <laughs> yeah, but you
3: need to you need to have this in front of a 10 year old face, right? When you're, you know, because we remember that feeling the first time we saw them, and you know, now we're lifelong
1: readers. Fourth grade baby.
2: But yeah, I, I didn't expect you know us to figure out the solution, but I've I've just heard that so much. That everyone says, "Oh, everyone, you gotta pre-order your comics," and then the backlash is always, "That's a stupid system. We need a better system." But I don't know what the system is, because a comic is make or break, make make or break those first few issues before it ever gets to a trade paperback, and it could be canceled. They just canceled Scarlet Strike Force, the GI Joe spinoff. It Hmm. had not issue three was solicited. Issue one had not come out yet, and it was canceled.
0: Wow. But yeah, I remember, you know, we, we all remember the GI Joe cartoon from the early eighties that, that at the market. end of it, it would tell you, you know, get these more stories in Marvel comic
2: books. That was revolutionary marketing. And I, nobody's kind of doing that at the moment. So,
1: well, not to mention also how the direct market, it puts so much, um, Heaviness on you, like about. Thank returnable. you. I didn't want to say
2: that about myself, but I appreciate you. Well,
1: saying. like the original when comics went to the newsstands, those were all returnable. Yeah, it was up to them to do what they wanted. They'd send them back to the publisher, and they get credit for them.
2: Yeah. So what am I going to take a chance on some oddball book? I'm not sure if I can sell mm-hmm. when I get stuck with it. It's harder to have a hit now yeah. because you've got to go through me, and I have to approve it and say, Ah, will this sell the or
4: not?
1: Well, because I saw where Dark Horse was saying a lot more of their stuff was going to be returnable. Yeah. And I think that I think that's part away of the equation with for
4: so long
2: because that's they they make their money like I said all risk is on retailers because they get their pre-orders in and they know exactly how many they need to print and they are purchased like I can't I can't after the final order cutoff is three weeks in advance and when my numbers locked in I'm contractually obligated to pay for that. So they know exactly down to the penny how much money they're going to make off it and how many they need to print. And I pay for the shipping. I I open my doors and put stuff yeah. on the shelves. And, like, they have zero risk involved except, you know, if I don't order anything and they've paid for the
0: creation Which of it. Which
2: brings us back to why they don't advertise
0: because the they don't have to sell it. They've already sold it.
1: The whole paying for shipping just blows my mind. Like, you would think that you would get <laughs> free shipping. I'm still waiting.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I just finished my taxes for 2017 and added up all those columns of uh, expenses. <laughs> oh, how much shipping did I pay this year?
1: What? Oh my god, that's a lot. Zoinks. I mean, Amazon like I mean, you should you should I could see them giving you like a one-set fee once a year for your shipping just like Amazon does. Like, and that's the way it should be. Doesn't matter what the heck you order. That's the that way it should be. That doesn't
0: benefit them though.
1: I don't care. I'm just
2: saying that's the way it should <laughs> and be. And as long as I get a gripe session here, I, this is another thing that bugs me. Just <laughs> oh, <here> <laughs> just turn, turn off. Yeah, the, we'll my just mic. shut it shut it down. But Hit now, the music. <laughs> how how does the free market work? Okay, when when shipping goes up, when fuel costs go up, you know the grocery store, you know lettuce costs ten cents more, or gas goes up a quarter.
1: Fuel surcharge. I can't
2: charge three and a quarter for Batman because my costs go up.
1: You I am stuck. You should start charging a quarter extra.
2: <laughs> I can't. There's yeah. a there's a cover price. I have no flexibility on that. So yeah, at the beginning of this year and the beginning of every year, UPS raises their rates. I just have to absorb it. You know, every cost that goes up. My my you know heating bill went up this month or whatever. I can't. Well, I'm going to pass that on to my customers, like every business does. Yeah. I can't. I it just comes out a, a smaller and smaller sliver of profit that I make.
1: This whole industry, the whole direct market is flawed to its core. So, every night Jordan needs a little less. He needs a tip jar. <laughs> he does. Get you get you a tip jar out <laughs> you there. You know what? Here's here's how you make your money. You charge like when people come in and talk to you they're lot a certain amount of time. If they go over that amount of time, it's a quarter. They, they, no, i dollars, dollars. Dollar. Well, you don't.
2: You maybe don't know this, but I already have that clock in my head of like, how much are you spending? Oh yeah. And if it's uh. a certain dollar amount, I will talk to you for however long you want to. But uh, yeah. if you're cheaping out on me, my yeah, attention, but, I'm just going to nod and drift off because yeah, I haven't engaged. <laughs> I
1: remember that lot. Next time I pick up a copy of Terrifics. Well, that that kind of
3: with you saying that. First off, that's so sad.
2: And I don't mean it as pity me, because I still, I, I'm living my dream, okay? I'm, you shouldn't have to pity me, but it is it's something you don't think of, and I the have to confront it every is, day. Is,
3: I don't, there's going to be a wall you're going to hit here pretty soon, because they can't raise these cover prices a whole lot right. more mm-hmm. for an issue, because you, you think what you pay for a magazine, not that there are hardly those anymore, but comics are pretty expensive, and... I can't see them going up to, I mean, they will, they'll be five bucks a piece here anytime, I'm sure, but
0: with less, your margin of profit, like you said, yeah. will go down and down and down and as I, the price goes up.
1: I still think, like, especially with the bigger companies, instead of all these comp, all these different titles, they should combine them into, you know, like 64 page books and, or doing like how the, The manga does the, uh, phone book size where it's like you get more bang for your buck. You're, you're still going to be making money and it puts, it eases the cost on you.
2: Yeah, definitely. My margins on like trade paperbacks are a lot better. I make a lot more money selling trade paperback than I do a comic, obviously, because it costs more, but it's a bigger investment. Yeah. So I can order, you know, 20 copies of Batman for what I can order one trade paperback and it might sit there for years and years until I sell it. So, there's give and take there and then there's like the toys because you know diamond is the middleman i'm not getting them directly from acme company corp whatever like i'm they pay for them and then i pay them so there's there was they just solicited these like disney statues that were 29.99 cool. your cost was like 23.99 so the wholesale cost was yeah. about $24 plus shipping and i had to sell them for 30 and make maybe three bucks on them. And I'm like, there's no way I'm ordering that. And I, that's yeah. why I stopped ordering t-shirts. My wholesale cost was eleven or twelve dollars. I gotta sell them for twenty, twenty-one dollars. You can get them for five at Walmart. Like, there's no, it made no sense to sell t-shirts. So I, I've cut product lines down. There, there's a lot of toys I don't order, like the Marvel, uh, uh, Marvel Legends. Yeah. That you see at Walmart. It's like, you know, those are eighteen, nineteen, twenty dollars at Walmart. I gotta charge twenty one, twenty two for them because that's ba you know, eighteen, sixteen, eighteen dollars is my wholesale cost, and then everyone's like, oh, "Are you gonna mark that down?" Like everyone wants discounts on stuff too, so it's uh, a <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a uh, it's a uh, it's an odd business to be in for sure.
1: Yeah. Yikes. Well, that's a Debbie Downer
3: note to end on. <laughs> It could be selling corn dogs. <laughs> could be. It's true. It could
1: be uh, driving the back roads at negative twenty degrees, watching your fingers freeze.
2: But yeah, then you see the money that Black Panther made, and it just not translating to the comic industry. That's
1: crazy. It's well It's, it's
2: just weird. like the, it's, I don't know how you fix that. There's. It should have been. You got. You got. Yeah. When this
3: boom came ten years ago, it should have just washed over everything and they they screwed that up big time mm-hmm. and then we still can't figure it out
0: right Whew.
1: so our I don't answer know, is, this is no answer this is the longest answer. freaking
3: podcast ever it's before. been a long one Jesse's gonna have to turn it up five times
0: <laughs> alright any hashtags uh, the only one I have is number two on 676 I have glamps glamps. Glamps. <laughs> glamps and grande latte
4: <laughs> uh, no, I,
0: I kind of like lamps. Yeah, I do too. That's a
1: good one. Well, Cliff, where can they find us?
0: As always.
1: <laughs> no, that's not where they can find us.
0: <laughs> you can find us at www.youdownwithkpp.com or at the Capal Podcast on the Twitter. Or on Facebook like Justin Lowe and you can write us a really really long comments.
2: We'll we read love, them. We love short comments, we love long comments yeah, and we everything don't in between. Let us know what you're thinking out there and how much you pity me.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and as always, I'm the most illustrious, very tired Michael K. Easton.
2: I am Jordan Lowe. Oh, hold on.
4: We're not <laughs> well, anything. Get on well the Switch. How are you? Yeah, I, three hours of be on the Switch.
0: <laughs> there we go. And I'm Cliff Barnes.
3: I'm Seth. Bye forever.